Welcome back to the Across the Board Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here today with John Kaufman. John, how you doing? Man, never better. Woo. Never better. That's a little bright. I'm uh, I'm excited for this one. This is probably the best class. We're going to be talking about the best position group. Go up here a little bit. Probably the best position group in the entire draft uh, with the wide receiver class. Would you agree? No doubt. No doubt. Uh, has the they have the potential to be the best uh, wide receiver class in, in draft history, uh, and this was way the hardest group to rank. Like way the hardest group. Like the getting down to ten was impossible. Sorting through the ten was impossible. I mean, it took you know, like I said to you before we started, I could switch the the top ten, you know, twenty more times and feel comfortable about the arrangement. You know, all twenty times. Like they're just. It's it's just impossible to like slight any of these guys really. Like I feel, you know, whoever I have a ten, like they're they're not that much worse than nine. Who's not that much worse than eight? Like they're they're all so close. So this is a tough group, but uh, very interesting, a lot of fun, and uh, you know, very excited to talk about them. That's for sure. Can't wait to get into this. Yeah, I I feel the exact same way. Um, I'm gonna give, you know, let's give a few more minutes before we start the fantasy i mean the trivia see if people are getting cool. in i'm gonna check okay. make sure everything's going right with the live oh man i'm just ready for this draft to be here uh what nine days now gosh which we will be doing live so round one all right so uh, it says we've got people yep. on here but this thing is saying we have no people watching. I guess it just takes a second, but uh, it says we've got it says we've got people on listening. So, uh, what is what's your trivia question for me this week, John? Okay, so obviously we're talking about wide receivers today uh, and tight ends, but uh, pass catchers. So I wanted to have the trivia question, you know, be focused on that. Yeah. Um, and then also recently, uh, Brandon Cooks got traded uh, to Houston. So, which is interesting because that's the this is the third time now that he's been traded uh, in his short career, which is crazy in and of itself because he's good. Like, I mean, I know he's had concussion issues and stuff like that, but he's pretty damn good. So, yeah, you I, when he got drafted, I would not have guessed that he'd be a guy that would have got you know traded a few times this early in his career. But yeah, um, but I guess you could look at it from the other side, saying that franchises, you know, that's a guy you want to go out and get because he's going to help you. So, but. Anyways, um, so uh, Cooks is now a Houston Texan, and if he puts together a thousand-yard season this year uh, with Houston, um, he would be the second player ever to have a thousand-yard receiving season with four different teams. Um, So, of course, he had done it with uh, the Saints, the Patriots, the Rams, and then Houston if he does it this year. Um, but one receiver has already done this, had a thousand yard season with four different franchises. So name that receiver. Okay. Is he retired? Yes. Okay. Okay. Do I get three questions that aren't too obvious? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, did he play past 2010 yes 
Is it Terrell Owens? Uh, no, and that is the number one guess for everybody. Like that's and that's a really good guess because here, Owens missed it by like okay, seventeen yards in Cincinnati. So he had nine eighty three when he was with the Bengals, and then the Buffalo year. Uh, he had 829, so he was 171 yards short mm. with the Bills. But otherwise, he had 1,000-yard seasons with the Eagles, uh, Niners, and Cowboys, obviously. So, But, uh, yeah, so he was so close. He probably probably should have been the second guy to do it. But, uh, oh but yeah, so good guess. Very good guess. All right. Terrell Owens. When was – who was the last team he played for before he retired? Ooh. Good question. I'm trying to remember. I don't know for sure. That's I might have to look this up, but all right. Um, um let me see. Let, do you know about the year he retired? You know, has he been out of the game for a while? Like 2016, 2017. He might have had like a came back from camp in 2017. You know, made it through the like preseason game two, and then was done or something like that. But it can't be much like longer after that. It's pretty recent. Um, I am. I will say this: the uh, in 2015, the 2015 season is when he had a bit of a resurgence, and I'll never forget this because I took him in. Uh, I'm in a 16-team fantasy league. My brother runs, and I took him in like the fourth round or something, and he ended up being like a super stud. He, I think, he was like wide receiver six that year, and so I had like Hopkins and him and. Gronk and I just crushed the league that year. It was a really, really good. Uh, ended up being a really good pick. So, but and so I know for sure 2015 he was excellent. But that was his last like really good year. So probably 16 and 17 he played, and then probably 18 was when he was gone. Well, like I want to say Demarius Thomas, but that you know that doesn't. That's not right. Yeah, like another like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders come to mind, but they're both still playing. I. Okay, let's see. I'm looking it up right now. We'll see when he retires. Yeah, I think maybe if you tell me the last team he played for. Oh, my God. See, I wouldn't even have known that. That's funny. Uh, okay, so 15, yeah, 2015 is the year I was talking about when he went he went bonkers again, which he's done his whole career. Uh, and then 2018 was his last year, only played six games, and it was with the Seattle Seahawks. Played six games with the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. Can't be Doug Baldwin. Can't be Doug Baldwin. Mm, correct. It's not. Okay. Very good. Oh, I was going to say. I don't think Baldwin. I thought he was drafted played, by Seattle. I don't Seattle. think he ever played for another team. Yeah. Um. Man. Mm. I'm just looking up receivers like that are retired. I I don't I mean. Um, anyone out there listening that knows this probably is yelling in my head. I don't know, like his um, his 2015 season here. So this is the season I was talking about: 109 catches, 1502 yards, 14 touchdowns. Why do I? And I'll say, that? I'll tell you, that season he was with the Jets. Eric Decker which was the fourth team, huh? Eric Decker. No, but I think they were there at the same time. No, maybe not, but it was real close, real close. Good God, um, if not.
Anquan uh, Bolden. No. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Nope. I don't know. Started his career with Denver. That's who drafted him. It's not- then he had uh, played with Jay Cutler. Then he had two good seasons in Miami. And then went to Chicago. Tore it up there. And then the Jets was the last team he was really good with. Played one season with the Giants after, one season with Seattle, and then that was it. So didn't even hit 200 yards in those seasons. Wasn't the – oh, my gosh. Is he a – oh, my gosh. I Big Wait. Team. I think I know. I think I know. Um, so my dad had okay. Julius and Demarius Thomas back when he – and Jay Cutler during the – during the like 2015 era with um um no no not during the 2015 era but when Jay Cutler and Demarius and Julius were all there at the same time I think it's Eddie Eddie Royal maybe Mm-mm. damn big dude six five two thirty all right I give up it's Brandon Marshall God that's... Brandon Marshall oh my gosh Brandon so Marshall. obvious. I mean, it's not so obvious. So, 2006, yard receiver. Denver Broncos. Yeah, his second season was uh, 1,300 yards. That was his first ever 1,000 yard season. Then he had two more with Denver. Uh, two seasons in Miami, both 1,000 yard seasons. Uh, three seasons in Chicago, uh, 1,508 yards in 2012, 1,295 in 2013. Then he fell off a little. And then this, the resurgent year was with the Jets in 2015. That's when he went nuts. So, Gosh. and uh, that was his career year in touchdowns too, 14 touchdowns. So, amazing. Well, yep. And then one more year with the Jets, and then he kind of petered out with the Giants and Seahawks. So, but everybody guessed Terrell Owens first. Everybody. So that's the, when I this up, I was like, that's just the first one because the the Niners, yep. the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Bills. Yep. Gosh. And it's crazy, too, because, I mean, five years ago was the last season he was super relevant. And, I mean, you know, that's that's a lifetime in football, like in NFL terms. 2015 was, you know, a bazillion years ago. Like, so, yeah, it's incredible. But, yeah, good try, man. Gosh. That's a hard one. You're going to give me, like, a, a doable one? If not, I'm going to come back next week, and I'm just going to light you up with one that's hard. Okay. Bring it. I feel so inferior now <laughs> now come on man you're not used to it by now oh just kidding just kidding i didn't, just I didn't kidding. say no, i didn't say anything i didn't you say are anything. superior not inferior no i can't so i can't get those um yeah that's that was a tough one man that was a tough one that was a good one um so today we are oh sorry about that squeak of the chair Going to be bringing to you the wide receiver and tight end classes of this. Oh my gosh! There we go. Maybe that's why. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Of uh, this class. Sorry, I'm still dealing like trying to learn how to do the streaming thing. No, you're good, man. You're good. Um, so we're trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure that out. But we're going to also. John wants to talk to you real quick. Um. And then we'll get rolling, and then I'm going to fly through the tight ends so we can talk about the receivers because, you know, I don't want these to always be two hours long, and I think we have a good opportunity with the tight ends being so shallow and not very good uh, to do that, get get you guys a good episode yeah. with the wide receivers. 
But uh, John wants to talk to us a little bit about the draft real quick. Oh, just the, um, like, uh, you know, the one piece of information that we don't have right now is, uh, you know, the the landing spot, right? Where these guys are all going to end up, the tight ends, the wide receivers. Um, and especially with the wide receivers, like, you know, there could be seven of these guys drafted in the first round. Like, that's not, you know, that's that wouldn't be a crazy number for sure. In fact, I was looking this up the other day to see what the odds were. And I don't know if I wrote this one down. I don't think so. No, the quarterbacks. That the the over under I wrote down was quarterbacks. But yeah, like the, whatever the over under receivers is, it's probably five and a half or something like that. Like, you know, they're easily easily six guys could come off the board. But at any rate, the one thing we don't know obviously is their landing spot right now, and uh, that matters. Like that matters more than almost anything else. So you know, um, and and we'll talk about this later when we get to Henry Ruggs because. You know, Ruggs was a guy that I didn't want to rank, you know, third uh, overall. Like, I, I struggled with it. Um, you know, size-wise, he's little, and there's other things. Um, but, like, he could be the first wide receiver taken uh, in the draft. And it would be a little surprising, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, if Ruggs came off the board first, I would not be, you know, uh, like, overly shocked. You'd be happy. Um, and, yeah, really. Um and if that happens, though, like it's time to adjust everything. Like if you thought, you know, if you think that skill wise, Ruggs is like the seventh or eighth best receiver in this draft, that's fine. But if he comes off the board first, like you have to move him up to third or second on your list now. Like he's got to fly up your list because the NFL is telling you, hey, we like this guy. Like, you know, at least one team is. And, um, you know, so that really matters. So that's just one thing that we need to, you know, kind of pay attention to today. But also with all these other ranking lists that we've done, um, you know, like that 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 matters we can rank them wherever we want and we're doing it based on you know our perception of their skills um i don't at least for me this is um where i think they should go um or, or like making a prediction you know like um where they will go like who's going to take who and in what order um but so yeah so it's definitely more the, the overall skill set you know that each receiver or tight end running back anybody that we've discussed you know what do they bring to the table um, what can they do? What can't they do? You know, we've talked a lot about that kind of stuff and that's what matters. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, we don't know yet. We don't know where they're going to land and that really, you know, that makes a huge difference. So, um, thank goodness this is the last position group before that we have to discuss because I can't wait to get to the draft. Not that I didn't like doing these. These are a lot of fun, but I mean, I just, the build up for this, the anticipation, you know, the fact that it's still happening, like, which is really, I'm, you know, I couldn't be more excited about just because it'll give us something to, you know, watch happening live. It's a sporting event, you know, and, um, you know, sure. while it isn't a, a game of any sort, it's 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 at least something happening live that we all get to tune into. And, you know, that's really cool. So I think we all we all could use a, a bit of a break from all the craziness that's been going on. So but um, yeah. So anyways, that's pretty much it. Oh, all right. Um, so uh we're actually going to be doing something differently. Doing something differently. Doing something different. This week, I'm going to be bringing you guys one of the classes. So, usually John talks about them. I kind of just do color commentary, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm -hmm. Which, actually, interesting little thing. I'm working right now. Uh, hi, Julia. I'm working right now on the color 
color notes for the entire draft. We're, John and I are probably going to do rounds one through three, most likely. Uh, maybe do a recap of rounds four through seven. And then oh, the undrafted. Sure. Uh, but there's a lot of fascinating, fascinating players in this draft. There's also like an obscene amount of sad things that I think is just, you know, has made these players what they are. But uh, anyway, I'm not going to be doing that this week. This week I'm going to bring you the tight ends. We'll both kind of talk about them, get through this. And then we'll talk about this wide receiver class, which is maybe the most hyped since 2014. And that's yep, a for sure. pretty darn good class. Um, but yeah, okay, so um, I'm going to pull up my rankings real quick. You guys can see here, I only have five. Um, Chandler, who did Billy White Shoes play for? Alan, I don't know who the heck Billy White Shoes is. Billy White Shoes Johnson. All right, this is more your age group, like I said before we started recording, John. Um, yeah, uh, Chandler, while I uh, tell people about Billy White Shoes Johnson, why don't you explain twerking to uh, all the old folks that tuned in? So, okay? Piss please? off. Piss off. What's going on with Miley Ray Cyrus? Can you please update us on that? She um, gave me one of the best TV shows of my childhood. That's what happened. What is TikTok? TikTok. Is that hilarious. the sound a clock makes? Hey, old man, who's Billy White Shoes? Uh, what's it called? He was a wide receiver. Played for uh, Houston. I thought Dallas, but no, Houston's the main one. Oh, uh, the Falcons and Redskins. I didn't know that. Houston was the uh, the main one for sure. So, but uh, that's who yep. Alan. He played for Houston. Yep, Houston Oilers, nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty. All right, good to know. The more you know, right? Yep. Um. So, anyway, you guys saw my rankings there. One through five, uh, for those of you listening, it was Colkman at five. Um, at four, I have Harrison Bryant of FAU. At three, I have Adam Troutman of Dayton, who a lot of people have number one. At two, I have Cheyenne O'Grady, which most people probably are keeping way off of their boards. And I'm fine with you doing that. I would not argue you at all. I'm ranking this off of their talent. I don't have the, I don't have the supplies. We'll say I don't have any of that to, you know, deep dive on these players the way you should before you draft them. So I'm gonna leave that one up to the GMs to do because he has a lot of red flags, which we will talk about. And I mean the biggest red flags of outside of maybe Laramie Tunzel smoking a bong out of a mask the night before he was a first round pick. Um, <laughs> That was crazy. Millions of dollars lost because you wanted to put on a mask that people could have been using for the coronavirus. How insensitive of you. Um, and then at number one, I have Hunter Bryant of Washington. It was hard to do that. He's um, a real small guy, but the NFL is trending towards that. Tight ends aren't all Rob Gronkowski anymore. In fact, we'll probably never see one like that again. Um, Hawkinson's probably as close as we're going to see to that kind of guy. Mm. But... I also have two that I didn't put on the list. So for those of you listening and watching, you're going to get this at the same time. And they're Bryson Hopkins and Steven Sullivan. Um, I don't have Thaddeus Moss on the list. He did a lot of good things. People want to remember the catches, the national championship game. He's a phenomenal inline blocker, but he just doesn't have, I don't think, anything to be an NFL tight end. His work ethic, his uh, NFL pedigree with his dad, 
that all might help you know it certainly might I'm just what I see and you know if I'm wrong I would not doubt it and I'm not gonna you know whatever but Bryson Hopkins he's 6'4 250 good sized guy uh, 32 inch arms 10 inch hands all good his vert, like everything at the combine tested out great um, his stats are there senior year he's a um, redshirt senior he played 11 games he had um, almost a thousand yards seven touchdowns his problem is the drops I don't have PFF stats pulled up right now um, I will have the draft guide pulled up when we're doing the actual draft giving you guys kind of a more in-depth analysis of what they can and can't do he has a lot of drop passes that's really it and uh, he's not a he's not a blocking tight end so you can't have drops when you're a blocking tight end and some of these guys um, you know like let's say uh, Harrison Bryant phenomenal doesn't let things drop and that's what you know he knows his thing so that's him uh, the other one hard to keep him off of a list even though he only played I think uh, let me see here I got the stat up Stephen Sullivan he only played 300 snaps all of last season which is not a lot Thaddeus Moss started over him but listen to this Stephen Sullivan is 6'5 250 pounds 46640 yard dash 37 inch vert um let's see 35 inch arms by far the longest in the class but here's the nastiest thing 85 and 1 8 wingspan was over five inches wider than the next closest tight end at the senior bowl um wow it so the everything is there john and i were just talking the the tight end position you know if you're looking at a chart and he's um he's a junior so he's he's young i think he's 21 doesn't have the age up i think he's 21 the tight end position if you're looking at a chart once you get to 27 28 that's when you peak these these young tight ends if they come in and they can perform like george kittle has or even tj hawkinson did with the injuries still performing that well like that's that's a rarity in the nfl Stephen Sullivan, I mean, if you can get him on the field somehow, even if it's in short bursts, it's in the red zone, um, he, he can be something. He's definitely going to get drafted, I would say, before. I think the tight ends are going to make a big run in round two. I think round two will be the big tight end. kind of. I don't think one will get drafted in the first round, and if so, team hmm. needs to get slapped in the head. I don't see any of these guys hmm. being worth getting drafted in the first round. Um, maybe if the Patriots still had Brady, I could see them taking a Troutman or a Harrison Bryant. I, I think that those teams would really benefit that. But that's Steven Sullivan. So, uh, yeah, that's, should we just get right into, uh, the five, the top five? Sure, man. Okay. Let's see what you got. Okay. Um. So at number five, I'm not going to pull up the rankings every time. It's Cole Kmet. He is a – gosh darn it, I blocked that. My bad. Sorry. Okay. He is tight end for Notre Dame. It's going to take me a second to do this. I'm trying to do all this. All right. 6'6", mm-hmm. 262 pounds, absolutely burly size. You guys can see in a second – Right there, look, if you're watching right now, just how huge he is. He's just an absolute red zone threat. But 
that's kind of that, we'll just get right into it. We're not going to talk about his numbers. Basically, I'm going to tell you why Cole Kmet is not higher because he has the he has the size and he is a good player. He doesn't do anything that um, flashes bad. He just doesn't do anything great. He doesn't do one thing exceptionally well. Um, but he just he just does enough at every level. He's probably the best blocker of this group of five, I would say, maybe even group of seven. But he he does everything well, and that's that's why he's on this list. I it's I don't know what to say about him because he doesn't do anything that I say he's not a good tight end. But he really doesn't. He didn't do anything that I just went, wow. But you know he has the blocking. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't drop passes. He's got the size. And he's a good red zone target. He knows how to use his body well, like most tight ends should. You know, they play the basketball position. They post up in the red zone, that type of deal. He uses his body really well. So, uh, yeah, do you do you have anything you want to say about Cole? No. Uh, if um, I would say that if you're, like, um, if there's a prop, will a tight end be drafted in the first round? Uh, if you pick yes, it's because it's him. Like, I think that the NFL thinks that he would be the, the one guy maybe we're taking. Um, and it's because like you said, he can block, um, like unless you're specifically drafting a move tight end, like just a receiving guy, um, you know, then which it's rare to find those guys in the first round. They have to be like special, special athletes. Um, but, uh, like Evan Ingram kind of crazy, you know, athletic stuff, but yeah, Komet, he could be the first one to go. And if he is, I guess I wouldn't be shocked, shocked, but, um, yeah, considering the class and everything, I don't. I would, yeah, probably not. Probably not. A, you know, won't have a tight end go in the first round. But if it is, probably going to be him. So it'd be something to be uh, kind of be interesting to look out for nine days from now. So I'd agree because there's not really any high air raid passing teams that need a tight end later on in the first round. But you know, someone can fit Cole in on any roster almost. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from the Chiefs, because Travis Kelsey is an anomaly, and we haven't ever seen that out of a tight end. But right, yeah, he's a good. I like him. I like watching him. He does a lot of things well. He does the little things. That's good. I agree. He could be the first one taken if a tight if a, someone slips in to the end of the first round to get him. 100% agree. Uh, number four on my list, Harrison Bryant, probably the most decorated on the list. Uh, pull up his highlights for all you watching. He is a purely receiving tight end. Um, has not been a more productive tight end, um, you know, in these past two years especially. By PFF, he's graded 90 uh, receiving grade in each of the in each of the last three se- seasons. Um, he had a thousand yards this past year. He he was really light. You guys can see in these. Um, sorry, John, you can't see it. He looks like a receiver. I mean, he is small. He's a very small player. But he got up to 245 pounds at the combine. That's big. I, this He's kind of the opposite of Kmet. He's, he's receiver or bust. You know, he's going to have to go in to a team like, I can see the Cardinals really liking a guy like this and maybe day two or day three to add to that air raid offense because he's super talented super great route runner very mm. very good hands very productive and durable he just he just he cannot block for you he cannot block a, an nfl defensive lineman or linebacker 
I just don't see it happening. He's going to get swallowed up. Honestly, I have doubts that he'll be able to make it in the NFL. But as purely what can he do talent-wise, Harrison Bryant is freaking fantastic at being a receiving tight end. He's quicker in hell, too. Did you watch any or have you seen any of any of Harrison Bryant? Mm. Nope. Yeah, he's I mean he's small. If you watch him, hey, I I mean he looks like he's Julian Edelman's thickness. I I mean that's the amount of thickness he has. He's not he's not huge. I mean he is he's got good size, so you have that, but hey. 6'5". He's got to be real stringy, though, right? Oh, he is absolutely stringy. That's why he looks like he's yeah. Julian Edelman's thickness, because Julian Edelman's yep. packed into a little 5'10 ball, and, you know, he's stretched out. So I, I don't I don't see him being picked very high. Uh, he's going to have to go to a very specific offense. But he's really talented, and he had a great college career, so that is something. But hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and transition right to the third one, and then... The last two will be the ones we talk about a little more. But uh, here's Adam Troutman, number number three on my list. Tight end of Dayton, the Dayton Flyers. That's right. Yeah. Well, I've never seen them get an NFL prospect. But um, he's 6'5". I don't know. Not one as highly touted as Troutman because he's number one on a lot of people's boards. Um. You can see the highlights here from the Senior Bowl. It's kind of the best matchup you're going to see him play in. Um, he's 6'5", 250. Good. He can run routes very well. He's got a lot. He's not limited to any route, really. He, if you ask him to do something, he's going to be able to do it. Um, he, I, It's like he definitely looks like he belongs in the NFL. I mean, he's going to make it in the NFL. But again, coming from a small school, you worry. You worry because of the competition. What did that do to the stats? What did that do to his actually play? But then in the Senior Bowl, I did watch the Senior Bowl. For I watched the Senior Bowl clips. He he played. What I mean, he did not look out of place. He looked like he had to be there. Um, and then I guess the biggest thing uh, that you know people are going to look at is he in an interview said. I'd rather throw a lead block than catch a touchdown. And he's not a very good blocker, but to hear them say that, whether they really mean it or not, is definitely big. It's definitely important. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I mean, those, the the one, the tight ends I've listed so far all have something about them that kind of, you know, brings them down on the list or in a Cole's position just don't do anything you can see that contested catch right there by adam Troutman was fantastic i mean he's a great receiver um right up there with harrison bryant for the best in this class at tight end but these top two o'grady and hunter bryant do something so so much better than the other ones that that is why they are where they are um on the list and I'm sorry if I'm like kind of talking slow, kind of stuttering at some points, people. I am trying to run the video portion of this, and I am also trying to talk and keep my whereabouts. But uh, 
you're hosting and producing at the same oh time. Oh my man. gosh! That's not even... I've been trying to talk my brother into producing for real because you can do it from a remote location. So we'll see if that works. But yeah, this is a lucrative position that pays nothing. He's got to be thrilled about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The internship opportunities here at across the board sports are, are absolutely non-existent. But yeah, put that on the top of your resume, though. You know. Exactly. Ah. So number two is Cheyenne O'Grady. He's 6'4", 253 pounds. He's got the size. There's one thing. He could be the top tight end in this class, 100%. No doubt about it. Most evaluators of talent would say that. He had 17 broken tackles on 87 catches in his career. Um, Only had four drops in his career. Wow. Can run almost any route you ask him to. He's, I, let's see what his 40 time was. A 4.81, not great, um, but he had 34-inch vertical, 16 bench. He's athletic. That 4.84-40 should not turn you off of what he is. Cheyenne O'Grady got kicked. He got kicked off his team by fighting with multiple coaches. Um, yeah, he was suspended first and then finally just yeah, out of here. Uh, they said it was kind of mutual, but I don't know. NFL prospect just kind of leaves a Division One team for um, mutually, in my opinion. But he's absolutely great. Um, yeah, I, sorry, I forgot to put it on the highlights. You can see some of his highlights over here. He's a fantastic player. If you can get, if he can get to a coach like, um, you know, maybe a, the Colts. Um, definitely the Patriots. The Patriots might be a little too much. You know, somewhere where they have a strong head coaching presence, mm. but not so much that it overwhelms him. So, like, you know, Frank Wright seems like a perfect fit for me. Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, putting him with George Kittle, letting George Kittle teach him how to be a professional. Uh, those kind of coaches that have the they have a grasp on their team already, you know, that would be a perfect landing spot for him he has the talent he just needs someone there to kind of morph him into the pro he needs to be and keep him on track really you can see right now he just broke a tackle this is john you i know you've seen this highlight he breaks six tackles they're all six around him at once and he breaks one two three stripping the ball can't get him four five Okay, there's only five players. Five players all touched him at one time. As he was falling down, he didn't fall. He's got great balance. He has great footwork. He's a big, big guy. He does not go down, though. He's not going to be the best blocker in the league. He's not going to be the fastest guy in the league. But when he gets the ball, he's not going to drop it. He's going to work his butt off to get five more yards. Very Zach Ertz-esque in that Back. Like if you get Zach Ertz in the open field, he's going to do everything he can. He's going to take every hit he possibly can to not get tackled, and that's the kind of effort and play you're getting from O'Grady. So it's so weird to see that he got kicked off the team for you know arguing and fighting with coaches because he plays effort. He plays with the most effort that you can. Um, you know, it's I'm assuming he kind of is a selfish feeling player from watching him. So maybe it's I'm not getting mine. I don't want to block. That kind of thing. But Cheyenne O'Grady is a name to remember at the draft. I'm telling you, he is absolutely fantastic. It's just those red flags. And they're terrifying. You get kicked off a team, it's it puts up a 
almost an undraftable sign on your back, Baker Mayfield style. It's tough. Um, yeah, it's very tough. And we're just going to get done with the tight end so we can go on to the wide receivers. Much more fun. Hunter Bryant, Washington. He's small. He's I believe he's 6'2". Six, yeah, 6'2", 239. 6'2". He weighed in at 248 at the combine, though. Oh, good. So That's better. Water weight, probably. But he did bench 23 reps. Only had a 33-inch vertical. But Hunter Bryant is... Hunter Bryant's fantastic. He's um, definitely going to have to go to a perfect situation. He's not going to be a great blocker. He's not a great. He's not a complete tight end right now. But you can't say it's. It's a lot of people just point right to the fact that he's six two, so he can never be a blocker. Um, so I went back and looked at some stats. You know, Delaney Walker coming into the NFL at barely six one and then became one of the best blocking tight ends at the position. So it's doable. It's absolutely doable. It's just going to be, you know, down to work ethic. Um, and then when he's in the open field or when he's running a route, he's very – he's like he's going to be like Travis Kelsey for you. Obviously, he's not the size of Travis Kelsey. But you watch Travis Kelsey and you just think, a man should not move like that at his size. You can't teach that. It's all natural. He has that. He absolutely has that. He can run a great route tree. He has great movement in the open field. Uh, there's one stat that scares me, though. And, again, because, John, I keep saying over and over again, just like with Joe Burrow, why I don't like it at number one, is history repeats itself all the time. We're going to talk about it with your number three wide receiver. That stuff mm. scares me. Hunter Bryant is number one since from tight ends from 2014 to 2019. He is number one in yards per route run okay i'm gonna read you the list of one through ten number ten is caden smith of stanford nobody number nine is gerald everett of south alabama now plays for the rams pretty much non-existent mm -hmm. Demichi mm -hmm. flowers of oklahoma truthfully i've never heard of him brant kythe of utah disappeared caleb wilson of ucla seventh round pick by the cardinals didn't play. Harrison Bryant of FAU, going to be in this draft class. Mark Andrews of Oklahoma, the only one on the list worth really noting, except for number two, who's still up in the air, but he has a good chance. But I would, yeah, we would both probably say Mark Andrews is a definite top 10 tight end in the NFL today. Um, Looked good last year. Based off one hmm. year, small sample size, but going into this season, sure. he's a top 10. Mark, he's probably the number two tight end taken in fantasy. Some might pick Kittle. I would say Kelsey and Mark Andrews are both up there, but obviously you account for Mark Andrews probably having a drop-off. Anyway, this isn't a fantasy talk. Number three is Adam Troutman of Dayton. So three players in this draft mm -hmm. class alone. And number two, the other player worth mentioning is Dallas Goder. Still probably going to be a uh, just a good tight end his whole career. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever break out, maybe because he has Zach Ertz in front of him. But that also, Yeah, he kind of already has. Yeah, but... But Dallas Goder. I mean, I know you just said it's not a fantasy show, but he just finished. I think he was the tight end eight in fantasy last year, playing behind Zach Ertz. I understand that. Like, but Dallas Goder. It helps is, that Philadelphia hasn't had a receiver in two years, but still, Goddard's like, yeah. he's legit, man. I like him a lot. No, he is a good fantasy tight end, but I'm saying, as a, if I'm taking tight ends to start my franchise in real NFL, you know, Goder's not in the top 10. I would argue that. Okay. I, I, 
truly believe that. But, okay, so if you do count him as a already has made his mark in the NFL, we have Goder and Mark Andrews. The point is, this list is not, this this list is not, you know, it's it's not good. It's not a good list of NFL tight ends. It scares me that Hunter mm-hmm. Bryant's number one on there because it kind of maybe tells you that, hey, bigger tight ends, Goder and Mark Andrews are both big boys, but bigger tight ends, more, you know, they can block, they'll run the shorter routes for you. Those tight ends still do exist in the NFL. Um, there's not Travis Kelsey's everywhere mm-hmm. running 2.9 yards per route run. I mean, that's extremely high. We'll see. You guys have been watching these highlights if you're watching. He's very fast. He's very shifty. He finds holes. You know, he finds holes in the zone. He can beat his man on one-on-one. But the size, man, the size is scary. But I do think he's probably number one on most people's boards just because of the way the NFL is transitioning into a faster, faster-moving game with receiving players. I don't know. Have you watched any of any of them? Uh, Hopkins. Um, Bryson Hopkins is one of the late-round targets that I was kind of hoping the Browns would pay attention to, you know, with that um, one of their later picks. Um, like, size-wise, you know, 6'4", 240, 245. Um, you know, like, he – I don't know. He just – he showed up a lot on tape, like, making play after play. Um, and I know you said he has uh, issues with drops and stuff like that, and maybe that's a problem, but – um, you know, if you're taking a chance on a guy in the sixth round or whatever, like I think uh, a guy that showed up as much as he did, um, you know, on film is, you know, he probably got a good shot at it. So, but uh, yeah, that's one of the guys that stood out for me. Um, but yeah, like I said, Cole Komet has a chance to be maybe the first tight end taken. Troutman, obviously, I think Troutman's very good. I, I, if I did a ranking list, I probably would put him first. Not really having gone over like these guys like you did. So just you know, kind of off the top of my head, but. He's probably the one guy that I saw the most of, I'd say. Well, maybe except for Thaddeus Moss just because he played for LSU. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, interesting group and probably, I don't know, the, the way that um, like the NFL is incorporating more, you know, it's obviously we always say it's a passing league, but it's getting more and more prevalent. Like, you know, smaller receivers are being used more. Like there are coaches that are finding ways to do that kind of stuff with players that you know, even seven, ten years ago, they would not have been in the league. You know, they just, they just, you know, there's so many small receivers in history that the coaches were like, yeah, we just don't have, you know, we don't have room for you. We don't know how to use you, you know. And now those guys, they're finding ways to get those guys on the field, get on the ball, get on the ball in space, you know, a lot of good stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, anytime you look at a tight end class and say, yeah, these guys aren't that great, it's like, well, yeah, but there are coaches that are doing more creative things with tight ends and finding ways to get these guys on the field so you know if you got if you're you know at all athletic you got a brain in your head like you know you can make it that's for sure and so if this class is uh underrated um oh and albert O too like that's another guy who obviously running that uh what is it four four eight forty yep at uh 255 pounds so he checks I mean, a lot of boxes that's another he guy just... a lot of people he's got some, yeah he's i mean he just you know like issues. Yeah, he came out of nowhere at the combine, so everybody paid attention. So yeah. you know, good red zone target, great red zone target sure. actually, which has nothing to do with his forty time, but does absolutely fantastic right. in the um, red zone. So before you get to the wide receivers, we were kind of talking about how you know we need you know, like how you kind of envision yourself being like the Bill Barnwell, the NFL guy for across the board, which you you were last year. 
Um, I just saw a Bill, Bill Barnwell's 2020 mock draft, the trade proposal he had, and I'm going to tell you about it and get your oh, cool. reaction. Cool. Because this is hysterical. Okay. The Dolphins called up the Cowboys and they said, hey, we'll give, we want Dak and the 17th overall pick. Okay, so you're thinking, you're thinking, I'm getting all three of their first rounds and probably Houston's first round next year, something like that. Because Miami has Houston's so, first round. So Miami's, they're, they're looking for Dak and the 17th pick. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys would get the fifth overall pick and a third round pick. That's it. That was Bill Barnwell's mock. I don't know if he really hates Dak. And if you are one of the Dak haters out there, tune off if you don't like this, whatever, because people love to hate the Cowboys. I don't really care. who. I don't care about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's the top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Has been, probably still will be. He's a good quarterback. Very good quarterback. And what's funny is all the so, knocks on him are false, but doesn't dink and dunk. Dak and... Yeah, that's yeah, that's ridiculous. His yards per attempt is the highest, going up every year. It's the highest it's ever. That's the highest of any quarterback in the first four years of their career ever, ever. Yeah, which is nuts. But anyway, sorry. Um, no, you're Dak. So Dak and seventeen for five and a third round pick. Yeah, no way. I would laugh. I mean, I'd laugh. Yeah, no way. I turn that down. I'm taking that every day. Hang it. I can get. I can get Tua with a <laughs> broken hip and then some. You know, defensive lineman out of some Pac-12 school. Hell yeah! If he's around the third round, I will drive to Berea or to Cleveland or wherever hotel they're in. I will drive right through the doors with my car, make that big of a scene, and the license plate will just say Jordan Elliott. Elliott's every one of these mock drafts. He's available in the third round, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, it makes you – it's setting up this false hope. But, like, if it doesn't happen, I'm, like, sitting around going – they have a chance. Like, everyone everyone in these mock drafts I see posted from the Draft Network, from Pro Football Network, all that. Like, it's always Jordan Elliott, like, taken in the third round. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Like, I'm like, yeah, that second, third-round pick, they're going to be able to snag Elliott. And it's going to – you know, let's go. It's going to be great. So, if that I can't happens, wait. I would assume he's the third defensive tackle oh. taken easily. Be ecstatic if that happens, I would assume, man. Ecstatic. You never know. Hell yeah. Um, no, I know. Anyway, yeah, that's an ugly trade, but what time are running that? 48 minutes? Not too bad. Not too bad. Gives you an hour to talk Cut. about wide receivers. Boom. You ready? I'm ready. All right, before you put up the rankings, we're just going to really quickly, because, like, again, this, this wide receiver class, so first of all, they – easily have a chance top to bottom to be the best wide receiver class in NFL history. Uh, this, this class is loaded, like super, super deep. And it's funny now looking back at the 2014 class, you know, um, uh, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, uh, Allen Robinson was in the second round of that draft. Like there were, there were tons of guys. Um, that wasn't Stefan Diggs year. Was it? I don't think he was the fifth round, what year? whatever year he was. Stefan Diggs, I think he was 15. I think he was 2015. Um, 15 or 16. He was a little earlier. But at any rate, um, yeah, that 2014 class, I mean, obviously, you know, that, that changed things. What's that? 2015 for Diggs. Diggs? Okay. Um, it changed things because after the 2014 class, I think there were 
five or six receivers that went in the first round in 2015. And that list is hysterical. That's Brashad Perryman and Philip Dorsett. And, you know, like the NFL was like, oh, receivers are like college receivers are really good now. We can just take them in the first round because they all turn out like, you know, like last year, right? They're all Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans and, you know, OBJ. And like, it's, you know, they're all crazy good. Well, that that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like, and it took a while for the NFL to figure that out because, you know, Corey Davis went in the top four. John Ross was the ninth overall pick. Like there have been, you know, plenty of reaches and stuff like that. And I mean, I don't know. John Ross was hurt, but he still can fly, obviously. And Corey Davis is a I, I will still never understand that. Like that that dude was so good at Western Michigan. I just don't get why he's not good in the NFL. But um but yeah, I mean even when they got a good quarterback, AJ Brown went crazy last year, so but but yeah, so um anyways, like it these like the classes after twenty fourteen were kind of letdowns because of how good twenty fourteen was. Well, we finally have a class where, you know, this we could get back like to this incredible status where all these guys this class is super deep um so these are the guys that i didn't have ranked in my top 10 like this is the these are the people i had to leave off this list which you know in any year these could easily be top 10 guys uh kj hamler from penn state like you know he's 5'9 178 he's one of the fastest guys on the planet but he drops the ball and he's super small so you know i couldn't put him in the top 10 chase claypool from notre dame ran a 4-4-240 at 238 pounds Everyone's like, oh, he should be a tight end. Like, no, he should just be a big receiver who's faster than almost anybody else on the field. Like, let's just leave him, you know, that's what he does. That's who he is. So um, real close to ranking him, but I just couldn't get over the hump. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan, like, dude is a super route runner, like a smart technician, um, great size and speed and hands and everything. Like, he just, we don't know a lot about him because, you know, Michigan had terrible quarterback play. So, you know, there's a, but like he's right on the cusp again i think he is he's obviously better than his production was in college so you know but i don't know anyways uh brian edwards from south carolina 63 215 this dude is a monster and he plays like it too like you know just a big physical dude um but like the the route running leaves a little to be desired and the and the things that he doesn't do that well like everybody on the list on the top 10 they all kind of do it well so um, or their athleticism and like size speed combination leaves like uh, it's a little bit more of a ceiling possibly than than Edwards. So uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. This was another guy that was hard to leave off the list. Six two two oh five, like a super route runner. He's just not super fast or twitchy, but like that's really it. Like he's you know he's got it otherwise. So um, Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty. Uh, I mean six four two twenty two, like. This dude has an NFL body and he plays with it. That's for sure. Like he, you know, like super, you know, contested catch guy, like jump point, like really, really good stuff. Um, he just, you know, n- no route running skills whatsoever, basically. And kind of he struggled versus man coverage, which is weird because he's like, I can't imagine there's anybody even close physical, you know, size wise that like ever covered him in college. So especially at Liberty, but. I don't know. Um, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky, like Swiss Army knife. Hey, our quarterback got hurt. Can you go play quarterback? Sure, I'll go play quarterback. And then he's in the draft as a receiver slash running back the following year. Like, that's insane. So, you know, he'll definitely land somewhere and he'll be useful, but probably in like a Percy Harvin light kind of way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, like 6'3", 206, impossible to tackle, impossible. Like just runs through multiple people like on every play it seems. So um, just not like a super speedy guy or twitchy, fast, like quickness or anything. So again, like hard to, you know, put in the top 10, but he's got skills that are useful, sure. And then the last guy that is definitely going to get drafted, and this is another guy that I'm hoping the Browns take like late, is James Prochet from Southern Methodist. Um, he's 5'11", 196, so you know not the biggest guy, but his weight is his weight's good for 5'11". I was thinking he sometimes when you see his tape, he, you're like, oh, that guy weighs 185. Like he looks little, but he isn't little, which is really helpful. His ball skills are elite. Like. He has a he's perfected the move where when he's running down the right sideline and he's got the corner on his left arm, uh, where even if they're pulling that arm down, he's got it where he just lays out his right arm and he catches it one handed. Like he, he, there's three touchdowns from last year. Right, as soon as you click on his highlights, like the first three plays are touchdowns like that, where he just one arms it like he, he can do it like on command whenever he wants to. So really, really impressive. Um, He'll be a slot receiver, like in the NFL for sure. Um, and then again, just like route running stuff, and then separation too. Like that'll be a problem for him um, because he's not like overly, he's not like a burner or anything like that. So he's just gonna have like route running issues. But but Prochet, like this is a dude who can play, and anybody who can catch like he can, anybody with elite hands like that, like you can, you'll have a job in the NFL for quite some time. So, yeah. but yeah, like those are just some of the guys that we couldn't put on the list because of how damn good this class is so um but yeah let's talk about the top 10 you ready let's do it all right man so number 10 and again i changed this ranking list twice today so apologies to chandler and thank you sir for being so accommodating for changing the graphic card every 10 minutes uh but yeah this was tough as hell so um number 10 is denzel mims uh from baylor so 63 207 Ran a 43840. Uh, he's got 33 and 7 eighths inch arms. So basically 34 inches. These are like offensive tackle arms. Um, and then the other thing we're going to list here is uh, we're going to talk about dominator rating, which um, is a really good stat for receivers. So dominator rating is basically um, what percentage of your team's re- uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns were yours basically so this gives you an idea like how good was this guy on his team right like how much was he used um you know so and you can look at the career but like the more um predictive stat is the final year so whatever they did in their final season what was their dominator rating so um mims was 0.42 so like 42 percent of his team's receiving yards and touchdowns were his which is really high like Anything above like 30% is good. Anything above 40% is like elite. So uh, he had really, really good. Um, and which also makes sense because when you like, if you have to think of another Baylor receiver from last year, like you can't. It's not, you know what I mean? I don't know any. So, um, so it makes sense. But, um, but he did shine obviously last year on his team. So um, he's a physical specimen for sure. Like this side speed, size speed combination is just like unbelievable so um and then like the um and then you know great hands like no issues catching the ball nothing like that like he's you know he shines on tape in like all the right ways the 
my concern is Baylor, their offense. Like they they just run like three routes. Like they run uh, they run hitch, they run go. Uh, they'll run some comeback stuff, but like they don't run and and like an NFL route tree. Um, and so, you know, very famously, Corey Coleman got to hmm. you know he was super elite dominator rating was like 45 percent. he sc- i think he had like 22 touchdowns in his final year he was really really good and then got to the nfl and he doesn't you know he couldn't run any routes like he doesn't know how to run any of those routes and so that's a hard thing to have to learn you know when you're playing against uh nfl corners um and safety so you know i i really wanted to rank him higher um because of his athleticism, because of his side speed, like again, a four three eight forty at six three two almost two ten is amazing. But um, oh, and he had a six point six six three cone, which was first in the for the receivers by like a mile. I mean, like th- this is otherworldly. You shouldn't even be running the three cone if you're that size. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's a good point. That's a very good point. So, but yeah, so. Um, catch radius i mean this dude is you know he's got a lot going for him that's for sure but like i said the things that scare me are the route tree and if you can't figure that out in the nfl it doesn't matter that you can do all that other stuff like it's you're so limited if you can't you know if, if every time you line up the cornerback you're facing knows you can only run three routes like there's nothing there's no fear it doesn't matter how big or fast you are like you can't you just can't do anything so um number nine is uh lavisca chenault and Chenault is, um, you know, a lot higher on other people's lists, um, and I totally understand why. Uh, we'll talk about why I have him low in just a second. So, he was he's six one two twenty seven uh, four five eight forty. He is thirty one and seven eighths. Yeah, thirty one and seven eighths inch arms and point uh, two seven dominator rating. So twenty seven percent of the team's wide receiver receiving yards and touchdowns. Um, so he could be the best athlete, uh, at the receiver position in this class, which is saying something because there are a lot of athletes. I mean, we just talked about Mims and Chenault might be more athletic than he is. So, uh, despite not being, you know, uh, as big or as fast, but, um, but like the, basically the, the, when you read up on him, if you are, when you watch him play, like he's a running back playing wide receiver, mm-hmm. he is like w- I, there's one guy who's better at like breaking tackles and, and just running through, basically running through arm tackles or running through almost any tackle uh, on this list uh, than Chenault. But otherwise, like he really is, um, like he's really hard to tackle, really hard to take down. So, um, so th- those kind of things that he brings to the table are super impressive, and that's that's great. But like he doesn't, he has no refinement with anything else. Like route running is going to be a problem uh sometimes his hand placement like at the catch point like when the ball's coming you know it depends on the you know if it's um you know they teach like uh let me show like they teach like you know diamond like you want to you know you want to look the point of the ball into the diamond um and then you know if it's a sideways catch like are your arms down here are they on top like are you you know what i mean like it it just kind of like has them in the wrong spot sometimes so that's just like a something to coach out of him and get a feel for it, but it's a, it's a concern now. Um, and then um, the same thing at Colorado. Like I, I know their quarterback wasn't very good, and so I'm not holding that against him. Not you know in any way, shape, or form. Um, but like 
he ran hitch, he ran go, and he ran like crosser, like drag routes, and that's about it. So this is again somebody that's going to have to learn how to play receiver, like in the NFL, and so that he has athleticism, he could definitely do it, um, but he just has to do it, and so that's why I'm not putting him up, you know, super high, even though athletically speaking, he probably deserves to be. Um, but it's just going to be the mental side of the game for him, and. If he gets over that hump, he'll be great. If he doesn't, he'll just be another guy that you were like, oh, whatever happened to, you know, like like Cordell Patterson, like Tavon when you Austin. see him run it, return. Uh, yeah, like when you see these guys and you see him return the kickoff or a punt for a touchdown, you're like, my God, like why can't you figure it out on offense? And they just can't. They can't do it. They can't run routes. They can't. You know, it's the mental side of the game that's really tough. So, um, yeah, I, think- I hope he does figure it out because he's going to be fun to watch and it would be nice to see this guy get on the field more for a team that'd be really cool but i was going to wait until we started doing fantasy podcasts again but a theory i've had i've been thinking about it for a minute now because of a guy like Tavon austin i watched his highlights on twitter or something the other day saquon barkley retweeted him and saying what Tavon austin did as a running back um in his high school days but i think if chanel goes to a team where they use him accordingly. Like, I just keep thinking about, I know we'll talk about your number three guy going to the Chiefs, how scary that would be. But I think this yeah. guy going to the Chiefs would be the scariest thing possible because you're getting a running back that can play receiver. That's how I look at it. So basically yep. what my theory is, if he goes to a team that's going to use him as a rookie and you're in a startup league especially, um, you know, taking him and, the, and taking a chance on having – being able to play like a running back in your wide receiver slot, because he's always going to be listed as a wide receiver in fantasy. But if he gets 10 carries a game in some capacity, he gets two or three targets a game, it, it could be doable. You Obviously, you're going to want to, you know, like John said, he's in a 16-team league. Like, that's the kind of thing you want to do. If you're in an 8- or 10-man league, I don't think he's worth it. If he starts to, If he starts to show out, then go after it. But... Man, mm-hmm. he could be fun to watch on the right team. Oh, yeah. He's going to end up going yeah. to some team who puts him outside wide every time and tries to make him run some huge route tree year one, and then he'll blow up, be terrible. Well, on Kansas City, you I mean, Andy Reid's your coach, so if anybody can figure out how to get like the ball to you know and, guy, like guys that you want the ball like in their hands, it's him. So that's number one. Number two, uh, like that's a great landing spot because – like. If you are playing against Kansas City, you have so many things to worry about. Um, you know, Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Nicole Hardman, like, you know, D- uh, Damian Williams. Um, there are issues. Like, you've got to pay attention to everybody. And if Chenault is out there as well, like, it might not matter that he's rounding off routes or he's, you know what I mean? Like, the timing's a little off or those little things that would, like, kill his uh, ability to be on the field with another team like if minnesota took him let's say right and now he has to play with adam thielen because they don't have anyone else like if he's if he struggles as a rookie you'd notice but on kansas city you might not notice because there's so much else to worry about like you know mahomes can just get him the ball regardless like it you know what i mean like so that might that would be a really good learning landing spot for a guy who needs to learn uh like he does so actually that's a really good point um and a cool place too. That'd be a really neat landing spot. Yeah. I um, I think the other I mean, player that the other receiver that I would just love to see in Kansas City because of how spaced out they are, um, is mm-hmm. Lynn Bowden Jr. Yeah. 
quarterback wide receiver yep. from Kentucky. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be just yep. the things you could do with Andy Reid. That's the biggest thing. It's Andy Reid. That's why I like. Yep. Sorry for all of you that okay. see me staring down here. John's video for me is down there because he can't <laughs> see me because of the NDI plugin. I'm gonna dim that back down. I was like just staring right into his soul, and you guys can't see where I'm looking. But yeah. Uh, so John, who do awesome. you have at eight? I believe we're at. Yeah. So number eight is uh, T. Higgins, and this is one of the guys who um, the uh, when we when I adjusted the list earlier, the rankings earlier. This is one of the guys that moved the most, um, moved down, and so. Watching some tape this morning, and then again a little bit at lunch too, um, I uh, like I noticed. Um, okay, so the I, hold on. Well, I guess let me just start out. Like, so Higgins is six four two sixteen. I went to Clemson. Um, he didn't uh, run the forty uh, at the combine, so you know nothing. We don't have the number on that. Thirty four and one eighth inch arms. Uh, which, you know, super long, but you'd expect that from a 6'4 guy. And then a .29 dominator rating at Clemson, which, you know, uh, not phenomenal, but not the worst either. He's obviously playing with a lot of great athletes, so, um, you know, not the uh, not the end of the world. So Higgins, like, if you um, any like if you had to sum him up real fast, you'd be like, he's, a, uh, he's the contested catch receiver in this draft. Like, He's the guy that spent his career, like, if you throw it up to him, like, he'll go up and get it. Um, and that's fine. Like, that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. And, you know, he's, he's, he's good at it, obviously. He spent his whole, you know, college career doing it. So, um, and he was, he was very good at it. Um, but, like, he, so he doesn't have elite speed. He's not, like, sh- uh, shifty or twitchy or anything like that. Uh, he's not super athletic or anything. Um He's he's an okay route runner, nothing you know phenomenal. He's an okay route runner, um, and then like the weird thing that this is what I noticed today is that he all his good games are against like bad teams, like you know when he when it came time to play you know the I, I don't know like the NC States and stuff he showed he balled out you know and then in the bigger games and stuff like he just um, probably his best quote-unquote big game was the um didn't the, last year's championship uh, didn't show out yeah yeah when they played uh virginia uh in the conference championship in the conference title game so didn't he like didn't he that, show up in the college football playoff two years ago 2018 did he not oh so i didn't watch anything from 2018 so you might be right but i don't uh i didn't pay attention to that this time so um yeah. that could have been you could be right for sure though but um but yeah, like so he just it seemed like he like if he's 64 or 216, like you need to be like taking it to everyone. Like you're the big physical dude and like he plays small against like like he almost wants to be like a finesse guy against like smaller corners and stuff, but when they're really good. But like when he knows that he has the edge like physically or whatever versus a team that doesn't have the same kind of caliber athletes, he's great. He's really good. But now he's going to a league where everybody's really good. So that's, you know, really, really concerning. Um, Size-wise, you know, he's ideal. Like this is, you know, it seems like whenever there's a, you know, Calvin Johnson type dude in the draft, like it's because he's 6'5 and, you know, is a really fast runner, you know, uh, great speed, blah, blah, blah. Um, so size-wise, this is ideal. Like he's 6'4, this is awesome. But he just doesn't, he doesn't play it against, um, 
like really good competition. So um, I had him up much higher, and then you know I was like, whoa, hold on, we got to pump the brakes on him. So it was time to move him down a little bit. But uh, but I mean, I don't you know I don't dislike him or anything like that. I just think that he doesn't stand out in any of those other ways. And if let's say he you know like plays a season where he gets matched up with a bunch of tall corners, maybe that contested catch skill goes away because he just you know he's playing against guys that are close you know a bunch of six two six one corners that can jump like that might really cap his game so if that's the case that's going to be a big problem but um yeah hopefully he can get around that and learn some uh um fundamentals things like that that'd be great but if he doesn't not going to be very surprising so just watching um, the t higgins plays on over here on the screen yeah trevor lawrence is going to be a fun player trevor lawrence and justin yeah. fields they have a good chance to be two very good pro players. Two very good. Well, Fields needs to, uh, the, like reading the field and stuff. Like he just need like, you know, obviously the his season ended on the interception last year, and it was because he didn't he just didn't see yeah. the guy was wide open like he had it, so he just didn't see it. And he's got all the physical. You no, know, obviously they're. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Capacity. Yep. Absolutely. And super young, so you know he's got time. That's for sure. But, but you're right about Lawrence too. Like he's God. gonna be. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him in the NFL. Yeah. Um, number seven is one of my favorite guys uh, from this class, and which they're all kind of like my favorite. But Michael Pittman uh, from USC um, is 6'4", 223, ran a 4'5", 240, 32 and 4'8", inch arms, uh, and a .3 uh, dominator rating at USC, obviously, which uh, is good because, of course, they have athletes. They've been – you know they've had down years recently obviously so um not the most not the best thing in the world but but he's definitely a player um so uh 7.1 yards per target on screen passes last year which for a 6-4 dude like that's amazing like they're just turning and firing him the ball like right on the line of scrimmage and he's you know he's getting seven yards per target like that's awesome. That's really, really good for like you expect that out of a five nine guy, five ten guy, and this you know he's six four, so that's really, really impressive. Um, he uh, had five drops on two hundred and fifty four targets in his career, so yeah, hands are not an issue. I wish we had a stat on anything. how many of those were actually catchable balls too, or the quote unquote catchable balls. So yeah, good call, and I think that like I. Th- I th- um, where did I get that from the podcast? I didn't write down where that stat came from. It might have been from – oh, you know what? It was. It was um, uh, Established the Run. They did a podcast today. It was Evan Silva and Adam Levantan. They had on Josh Norris uh, from Roto World. And so Evan Silva mentioned it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so hopefully it means 254 catchable targets, and he only dropped five of them, So which Gosh. I would assume. but. But either way, that's neat hands. Like, that's incredible. Um, and then what's really cool is that he he's a bit of an anomaly. Like, he's he, like, plays more like a possession-style receiver um, than, like, what you think of as, like, a 6'4 guy. Like, you know, like Mike Williams uh, on the Chargers is, like, Mr., like, just throw it up and I'll go up and get it. You know, kind of like what T. Higgins, you know, we're expecting him to be. Um, Pittman is much more of, like, a, you know, I'll catch uh, – you know, an eight yard slant and I'm fine with that. Like I can turn that into, you know, a big play. Um, like he's much more of a possession style receiver. Like he's, he runs smooth. Like he just looks 
like natural. He looks real like everything's real easy to him. Like the game comes real real easy to him. Um, so that yeah, this is like I, he keeps every mock draft I see. He's he keeps going, you know, pretty late, and that's fine because you know again this is another guy that the Browns need to be jumping on. Like if it, if this guy's available in the in the fifth round or whatever or no, what round do they not have a pick in again? Is it fourth or fifth? I keep forgetting. They do have a fourth. They don't have a fifth. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Okay. So if he's if this is your like fourth round pick or God, you know, sixth round pick would be a slam dunk. But seeing how deep this receiver class is, it might be. I mean, that's that's what's you know so we incredible got a, about this class. We got a yeah. comment about Pittman. Uh, CC. Oh, nice. CC on YouTube says Pittman is so special. Reminds me of Fitz. Yeah. I mean, he's honestly when people compare Pittman to someone, it's gonna be. The sure-handed, I mean, the, the first thing you're going to think of is big, sure-handed players. Um, Fitzgerald definitely has more of the deep threat than Pittman does, but Larry doesn't drop passes. He knows where his quarterback needs him to be. Uh, that's exactly who Pittman is. I actually found the stat, John. Five, five drops on 176 catchable passes. That's oh wow, incredible. Incredible. Okay. And what I was going to basically say is, I know that this is high. Like, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the game right now. But if you're going to say this is what this dude's going to be like in the NBA and the NFL at his best, it's Michael Thomas. The underneath routes, the sure-handedness, the being where the quarterback needs you to be, that's exactly what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get the Julio Jones deep threat. You're not going to get the the Tyreek Hill just absolutely burned by you with speed on a post route. It's going to be underneath, being where you need me to be. I'm not going to drop the pass. You can fit it in a tight window for that first down. Uh, I mean, when you watch Michael Thomas, that's what you remember is third and ten. He gets right to the he gets right to the um, where he needs to be to move the chains. Drew Brees fits it into a target that you you couldn't shoot a bullet through. And mm-hmm. Thomas catches it between three defenders. That's what you're going to get with Pittman. I think he's going to be very special. He's just like you listen to any um, like paid evaluator, I guess I'll say. So like a professional evaluator of talent, it's always like everyone says the same thing. I don't know why I don't have Pittman higher. It's it's so strange. Everyone's super high on him. I think he's going to be the wide receiver. Like I, he's not going to go in the fifth round. I could honestly see him going round one. But kind of like Stefan Diggs, like. Just kind of like an afterthought of the wide receivers in the class, but and he's one of the best. I mean, he's obviously not going to yep. be CD Lamb. CD Lamb has just traits that we don't ever see. John, you know, has a John believes Jerry Judy's the best route running prospect ever, and I most agree with him. Um, there's a very good chance, in my opinion, he ends up being better than um, Henry Ruggs, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure. Good chance he's better than Rager. Good chance he's better than Ayuk, but those guys all just have some trait that said it makes you say, "I can't pass this guy up." You know, Rager's vertical yep. explosiveness, Reg's absolute yep. dominant speed. But Pittman's just so fun to watch. I mean, USC's the team that's always on ESPN late at night because Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So you watch him, and you're just like, "This quarterback was that quarterback that they, what was he, 17 when he was playing his freshman year, and they." went and got him years ago when he was like 12 or whatever i don't know big big name oh yeah he's just yeah. been i know who you're he's just about. been very mediocre yeah. he's been very mediocre mm-hmm. Pittman's bailed him out i i honestly if i had to take a bet if i was a place to prop 
who will be the best receiver for the longest amount of time in the NFL, kind of the Larry Fitzgerald type career, it, mm-hmm. I would pick Pittman because I don't think he relies on his athleticism to win win battles. And that is, uh, like, you want to sum up this class? It's this right here. It's Michael Pittman is the seventh, you know, ranked seventh. And it's like any other year he could be two or one or three, like, easily. And even this year, like, you you could, like I said, th- you know, it, it th- this was so difficult. So, so, so difficult. Like, I... You know, even saying it now, like Michael Pittman's the seventh best guy, and you're like, that feels wrong. It feels wrong to say out loud. Here's so. here's what sucks is you're gonna look back at this um, halfway through next NFL season, you're gonna say, why the hell did I have him seventh? But at the same time, you're gonna be like, oh, that's why because these guys are in front of him. God, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Uh, so, Pittman, can you imagine like, you know, you have a six four guy that can line up in the slot and outside. Like you can, he can play X or Z, and then you can say, yeah, just go, you know, go line up in the slot on this play, like, and he he's fine, like he's silky smooth running in, interior routes, outside stuff, like he doesn't, you know, he he can do it all, like, it's really really impressive. So yeah, we could easily be, I could easily be, uh, way too low, and on a lot of these guys, and like a, NFL like I pedigree. It's, there's another guy, there's another yep. son, that you know his dad's gonna be able to help him be a pro. Yep. But absolutely. Anyway, yeah. Number six For is sure. a player, and by the way, guys, I made the rankings tier one, tier two again as a joke because I messed up last week. So if you notice that, thank you <laughs> for watching last week. Um, this is a guy that everyone's gonna everyone's gonna know the most of because he was on the flashiest team and probably in, a, in college football history. But yeah. what's scary is he was not even the best receiver on this team by a long shot. I mean, like a seven mile no. stretch. Yep, Jamar Chase is he might out of be, this world. If he were in this class, he'd probably be the number one. It'd be, I think it'd be between him and yep. Lamb. Yep, agreed, right. agreed. It'd be a that'd be a real big coin flip. You'd have to go back and forth yeah, a lot, true. but because they both do stuff that's special. But yeah, and they Chase do. They have very world. different games too, in my opinion. So that's what would make it even mm-hmm. more fun. But anyway, sorry. Number no, six. No, you're good, man. Uh, Jefferson is uh, yeah so just Justin Jefferson number six uh, LSU 33 inch arms and a 0.27 dominator rating for his final year his career was 0.28 so a little higher for his career but again he's playing with Jamar Chase so not you know th- that's to be expected and and so. uh, Edward Hilaire takes up a lot of receiving yep. yards in the run no game. he did yeah I think Edward Slayer caught fifty passes or something like that last year. I think so. It was a lot. You want a you want a you know, fantasy boss? quarter. You want a fantasy running back to take in your startup league. It's him. Yeah. He can receive. Yeah, he's. I like Jonathan Taylor. Probably if Jonathan Taylor goes to the 49ers, I'd definitely take him over him. But if Jonathan Taylor goes elsewhere, take Edward Slayer. That's my take. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's there's a lot. You know, that you, listen, we could talk. We're gonna have fun with this because we're about too. we're about to start transitioning to fantasy football, which is where. That's when people like to listen. That's when people are here. This is for the real hardcore nutcases. So if you're here, you're awesome. That's all I'm saying. Yes. You're crazy like we are, so thank you. Appreciate it. Jefferson Um, is the truth. He is the number one wide receiver, Mitch Price. I'm assuming you're an LSU fan because you're a crazy Saints fan, so quit being biased. Sorry. hmm. Go on. (laughs) So, um, 
he this he'll be a slot receiver in the NFL. He uh, he did play outside and inside at LSU, but primarily last year he, they lined him up in the slot almost. I think every snap but one basically. So uh, he'll be a slot guy. Um, so what he he's up higher on a lot of people's lists. Like he's typically the third or fourth receiver for most people. And I I guess I get why, but my question with him um, is like. Well, obviously, statistically, last year he was very good. Um, but obviously, LSU's offense was really good too, and he played with Joe Burrow. So, uh, if the other thing is, if you're lining up opposite Jamar Chase, like, you know, they have to pay attention to Chase first. Like, you can't, you know, if LSU beats you, it can't be because LSU or because Jamar Chase did it. Like, you want to kind of let not let Justin Jefferson beat you, but if you have to pick your poison, it's got to be there. So. So I wonder if like his production was because you know he Burrow's a quarterback and he's playing with Jamar Chase. So I don't know. That's the one thing that concerns me a little bit. But um, but yeah, like you know he's not like dynamic or like a super like run after the catch guy. Like um, like some of the other guys in this class, he's not like a burner on tape or anything. He doesn't have like elite like straight you know inline speed. Um, but what he does well is like he's really good at the catch point. Like real strong hands and he's physical too um so like six one guy but he he plays bigger like especially like contested catch stuff um he'll go up and get it and he's he's really good at that kind of thing like i said strong hands so um real physical like um physical on his routes like physical going up to get it physical you know after the catch even though he's not like super special like run like tackle breaking um, he still plays tough. The one play that really stands out from last year was the first touchdown uh, in the playoff semifinal against Oklahoma. Um, he caught that pass at like the five yard line and he like dragged that dude to like the two and then just dove forward and stuck the ball out. Like he just, you know, had one of those extended out plays and man, like that set the tone for the whole game. And it just like, you could just tell like he that's a play where he's like, I just want it more than you do. That's all. Like I came here to play. I want this touchdown more than you want to stop me and I'm getting in the end zone. And so he did. I mean, but that kind of stuff stands out with him all the time. Um, yeah. If, so if, not. Oh, I was just, if, oh yeah. If, and then go ahead, go ahead. Finish it. Finish the it. route running technician. Like, uh, this is a guy who knows how to set up, uh, corners. Like he knows how to get off. He knows how to like his feet are in good spots. His, he drops his hips. Uh, he pumps his hands through his breaks. Like he does a lot of things that you you want to see receivers do to like um, make the cuts crisp and get off like quickly, um, not waste steps, not waste time. Like he does all that stuff really well. So yeah, the two biggest the things you have to worry about with Justin Jefferson with Joe Burrow um, is I'm not trying to take away what LSU did this past year. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the best we've ever seen in college football. But you also have to wonder how good will Justin Jefferson be in a system where he's not going to be that – he's not going to get that separation created by his offense. He's going to have to create the separation in the NFL. So that worries you a little bit. But outside of that, I mean, like you said, five snaps out wide, 187 um, snaps okay. in the slot. So – we know where he's playing in the NFL. Uh, yep. Having that speed and, you know, size. He's a good-sized slot receiver, 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, in the slot, that, that could really help a team. And his, like you said, his ability to not waste time in the slot, that's even bigger. You know, right there, right there. Um, yep. 
13.9 yards per reception, but even 16.2 last year from the slot. That's that's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's crazy. So that I, I there's a lot of things about Justin Jefferson to love. Um, if you're you know on PFF, you know they compare him to Marvin Jones Jr. Like they're kind of NFL player comparison. So if you're okay. saying that the sixth best sixth best receiver in this class is Marvin Jones Jr. Like that just speaks <laughs> to this draft class. Uh, because in yep. most draft classes Marvin Jones Jr. would be one of the top receivers. That's right. Detroit is just uh, never understand what the hell Detroit's going. One of the most talented rosters year after year but can't get anything going. Um Yep. But yeah, Justin sure. Jefferson, he's absolutely fascinating player. Gonna be you would think he's going to do what he did in college in the next level, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. You have to wonder how much of it is scheme-related. But, all right. Well, the question is this, right? Like, when people have him ranked third or fourth in this class, like, he's going to play in the slot, right? And I don't think he's a number one. Like, he's not Julio Jones. He's He might be Calvin Ridley, but he's not Julio Jones. And that's fine. Like, that's, you know, it's not a knock on you. Like, you are who you are, and if you do it really well you know the nfl needs slot receivers like that's a really important thing but like he's not gonna be you know like the number one guy in his team and so that's all in this class like i just i can't imagine ranking somebody you know like who just doesn't have that in his skill set in his nfl future like in his game you know like he just doesn't that's not who he is so that would that was the concern for me but you know otherwise like i said a lot a lot of things that he does well a lot of things to like with him so you know, he just needs to land in a good spot and, you know, hopefully uh, land with, uh, like, if he ends up on a team with, um, like, what would be a good landing spot for him? I didn't even think about this, but, um, like, and the quarterback situation is crap, but Chicago, for instance, like, you know, he's got Allen Robinson on the team with him. Like, that's, you know, that's fantastic. Like, that would be a guy where it would be a nightmare because now you got to deal with Robinson and a guy like Jefferson who, you know when he played when he played with Jamar Chase was a nightmare. He had a really good statistical season last year. So I would say but, Houston uh, if they had DeAndre Hopkins could have right I, Houston. Good God, get rid of Bill O'Brien. Yep. He got rid of DeAndre Hopkins Absolutely. to get a worse receiver that cost more money. <sighs> but anyway, let's get so. to the top five. We we're at an hour I mean, and a half, so you know six you know six minutes per. That's pretty good. And we can do it. Uh, number five, Jalen Rager. Um, God, he's explosive. Which Rager is... Uh, so this is one of the cool things about doing this uh, podcast, these videos, like with you. Like, this is a guy who would have slipped through the cracks for me, like, last year. Like, if I was just reading articles and, you know, looking up uh, PFF grades and stuff like that, like, this is somebody who... Um, I wouldn't have noticed right away or maybe at all until the NFL draft because he played at TCU and because the quarterback situation was so awful last year. One of the worst like, in the country. It was dreadful. And and like watching uh watching his game film, like I don't know how you don't like take your helmet off and just throw it at the quarterback on like get back to the huddle and just take it off and throw it at him and be like, Man, what do you like And it's crazy he doesn't act like just, that. He's just like gets right he just Right back up. He's like a dog that you yell at, and oh they're just God. still loving you. It's like incredible why? character. Like I would, like I said, I would have just taken it off, thrown it at the quarterback, and said, "Like, did you see how I hit you with the helmet? Like, you should do that with the ball to me. Like, that would be nice, okay? Because 
We're trying to score points here, and you can't, like, these grounders that you're throwing me, like, this isn't, I'm not playing shortstop, man. Get it up in the air. Let's go. I have this pulled like, up. It's ridiculous. He, in 2018, 71 receptions on 131 targets. Um, yeah. This year, 43 receptions on 88 targets. Guys, he doesn't have a serious drop problem. He drops some passes. First of all, he doesn't get a single one in the numbers. Not a single one in the numbers. But if you're going through mm -hmm. players with drop problems in this class, he's not he's not on the top of the list. There's much worse. Um, he, that's how bad this that's how bad their quarterback situation is. First of all, TCU's had one good quarterback ever, Red Rocket Andy Dalton, and he had no one around him. You know, the Jet Anderson as he proclaimed himself at the draft as his running back, hmm. but, I mean, that's a seventh-round undrafted free agent, maybe. Mm -hmm. Rager's freaking ridiculous, dude. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, TCU's offense last year, uh, they, had, they netted 2,444 passing yards and 15 passing touchdowns. The whole offense for the whole season, 2444 yards and 15 touchdowns. So Rager had 25% of the yardage himself and 33 percent of the touchdowns like that's how good he was he was really good so and 14.2 uh, yards per reception that's i mean that's a good number for a crappy quarterback i mean yeah it's a it's a really good number really good uh number. rager is 511 206 ran a 44740 31 and 3 8 inch arms and uh had a 30 percent dominator rating which we just talked a little bit about so um, what was his dominator okay. rating? Thirty-seven or forty? Thirty point three, thirty percent. So good, like good for TCU. Yeah. Like, considering like how bad that offense was, that's good. Like, um, and not okay. not that size matters, but being a being a sub six foot wide receiver um, in the Big Twelve and having thirty percent of your team's receiving yards, like that's that's impressive. Yeah, doesn't happen right. often. And if. Well, and that's so that's a great point too because it leads me to this. So, if you're going to be 5'11, okay, and you're going to play in the NFL, then you had better be fast, and he is every bit of fast, that's for sure. And you had better do something else that makes uh, all of our eyes, you know, pop out of our heads. Uh, he, you ready for this? Um, he squats 620 pounds, okay? He benches 380, 380. He's 206 pounds. He benches 380, and he and he power cleans 380 as well. So, like this is, that's unbelievable. Like Saquon Barkley squats uh, 650 with his tree trunk ass legs, and this is Jalen Rager at 5'11", 206, and he's putting up 30 pounds less than Barkley. I mean, th this kid, fast and strong for days. This is unbelievable. John. I have an important yeah. message from you. The most important message oh, you will get. I'm Edward Allen. I now know your name, oh. EA. Best mock draft. Yes, he is smart. Follow his mock drafts on Twitter. My lord. Yeah, he does a good job. He does Jordan really Elliott and James Prosh. Uh, it's perfect. And Xavier McKinney. Anyway, Edward <laughs> says, Landon says hi, and he thinks you're doing a great job. Oh, hey, Landon. How you doing, man? That's Eddie's son. I assume so. So I, I figured, like, John, I need to tell you this now. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I needed to tell you. No. And also, good, Mitch Price said that in his virtual pro day, Rager ran a 4.2840. So he didn't shave off as much as Dantzler's .4 seconds or whatever it was. But, uh, 4.28. <laughs> 
I would say oh, Rager's God. not four two eight speed, but he is one. He's. I would say he's. This might be pushing it, but no, no, it's not. He's the most explosive athlete outside of Tristan Wirfs in this class, because squatting six hundred pounds in that frame, not heard of. Running as fast as he can, not heard of. His explosion out of the gate, just not. This dude's just fantastic. If he goes to the right system, gets a good wide receiver coach, because there is a chance some of these things are on him and not just the quarterback. The quarterback was terrible. I mean, there's a reason that this guy is a first-round talent. But he needs to get to a strong system. He needs to be reminded what it's like to play wide receiver the right way. He's picked up bad habits playing for TCU. It's important. If he goes to a – I'm going to say it, before we had um, Adam Henry – you know, if he went to a place like Cleveland, like Corey Coleman did, he would be going there to die. That's just how it is. If he goes to, true, uh, just I mean, the Miami Dolphins, not a great wide receiver room, not a great wide receiver coach. Devontae Parker basically had to say, "I'm doing this myself." He's going to go there to die. I think he needs to go to a strong coach, a great wide receiver coach, a good system. But my lord, he has all the intangibles. Intangibles. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Mitch, There's it's funny you asked that. Well. I actually had Jalen Rager going to the Saints and my, like, what I thought they would be doing until they got Emmanuel Sanders. <sighs> now I don't really know. I would say the Saints need to trade back to prepare for the future, but Drew Brees is on his last leg. Just go all in. I would say, yeah. I would say you could still add a, a deep threat. A Henry Ruggs, if he's available, would just fit the yeah. Saints perfectly. Emmanuel Sanders isn't a, a, a deep threat. He can get deep, but, I mean... You're going to have possession guy and Michael Thomas, a deep threat in Henry Rugg, and then you're just, he can do it all in Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Sanders yeah. is such a seasoned vet. He could line up anywhere you asked and run any, he could line up anywhere you want and run any route you want at this point. Um, right. He said he wants Queen or Murray. I, I don't see the reason of taking a linebacker. You've got one of the best linebackers in the country, DeMario Dave, in the league, and DeMario Davis. I mean, just never talked about for some reason. I would mm-hmm. say, if you're thinking that kind of way, I would go get a Xavier McKinney or a Kyle Duggar or a Jeremy Chin, one of those hybrid guys, because you're going to be – I mean, that the, the situation you're in, you don't need some bruising linebacker like Murray – to take over you you're going to need pass coverage you're playing the falcons and you're playing the um good god you're playing the the i keep wanting to say the cardinals the panthers get the carolina my lord i have never struggled with that so much i just tried to say carolina three times but i kept seeing cardinals in my head um so (laughs) I, i i really think that you could do, I think that the Saints would do much better with like a Xavier McKinney who can play. Xavier McKinney will be able to play like a hybrid type role, in my opinion, in the NFL. But uh, yeah, John, yeah. who you got it? Yeah, so four. Um, so four is uh, this is my like I don't want to say like sleeper, but like I I haven't seen him ranked four on too many people's lists, and I think that he should be ranked very high. Like like this guy. Okay, so it's Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. And, like, Ayuk is just special, man. Like, it, it, it watching his tape was so much damn fun. And um, if you recall, like, five or six episodes ago, we had on my brother, we had Coach Tom Kaufman from the Kent State. Coach Kaufman. And uh, that's right. Uh, Frisco Bowl champion, Kent State. Um, Chief State. And so, which uh, 
By the way, that game was on. They replayed it on ESPN last night, so I got to DVR it, which was awesome. So now I have that one saved too, which is Gosh, great. I honestly um, forgot that real. I I have not logged into my YouTube TV since sports are off. I know. My gosh. I know. I forgot the TV was a real thing. You said DVR, and I'm like, that's is that on Netflix now? What documentary is DVR? (laughs) Tony Springer in with the Chief Love. I don't even remember making fun of the Chiefs, but Mitch said the Chiefs stink. Tony's in with the Chiefs. Chiefs are awesome. I'm not going to deny your Chiefs nation. No, we were talking. My Lord. Yeah, we were talking them up with uh, what's called saying um, what's with the uh, if Chanel went there, like he could be, you know, even if he was uh, a struggling rookie, he'd 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 be okay in that system. So good Lord. But yeah, if they get a wide receiver round one, I'm not watching the NFL. Actually, I will. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Well. (laughs) A, your fantasy team, yeah, you'd be hoping that you got parts of that on your Gosh. fantasy team. And B, that's going to be a fun-ass team to Do watch. Do you, though? If sure. you don't have Patrick Mahomes, they might be spread so thin. It's like, they're if they – oh, my gosh. I don't I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Stop. We're not talking about the Chiefs mm-hmm. getting Henry Ruggs or LaVisca right. Chanel. That's Brandon just, God. So, That'd be awful. Tommy was on uh, a couple episodes awesome. ago and talked about how, like, you know, we looked it up in that moment, like, his height because – Tommy was like, you know, he plays like he's 6'2", and he, he's six foot two oh five, but, like, he – ready for this? This is cool. So 6'205", 4'540", he has 33 and 4 eighths inch arms. So he's om- almost 34-inch arms. Uh, a .38 dominator rating at Arizona State, which is uh, really, really good. Um, and then and especially considering he played with Nikhil Harry last year, who – is still that that's one of the weirdest draft picks like i i don't i don't get it like Ayuk is much better than Nikhil harry much better so uh and harry was the first wide receiver taken by the patriots last year so the first wide receiver taken in the draft um but yeah so he like he has like an eight and a half foot wingspan Ayuk. like it's just it's incredible like he plays like he's so much bigger than he actually is so uh, 9.1 yards per target on screen passes, uh, which led the NCAA. So this is a guy that you turn and get him the ball, like, and he's, you know, he is a he's a big play waiting to happen. That's basically it. Like this guy, there's nothing he can't do uh, with short targets, long plays, anything like that. He had six 50 yard, uh, 50 yard or more plays last year. Um, he had. Three 70 yard plays, 70 plus yards plays, uh, 31.9 yards per kick return last year, and 16.1 yards per punt return. So, this is a guy that they got on the field on every every snap, every down they could, every every special teams, whatever it was, and he just he ripped off big play after big play after big play. Now, special teams is a big deal because we know when college players are good at special teams and they're good receivers, running backs, whatever. Like that really helps them for the NFL. Um, so special teams matters. It matters a lot. And this guy was very, very good at them. So that's a huge deal. Um, so like you can't, his acceleration is like a turbo jet. Like, like there's some kind of, you know, like he's got the NOS system and he, when he, when he hits it, he's gone. Like it's, it's so impressive. And that's, that's top end speed. And that's also like getting off the line as well. Like, he, there are so many plays, so many highlights of his with the, like a stutter and go, and the corner is like it's so funny how dead they're just like caught, like it's deer in the headlights because he gave the old stutter and then he went, 
and you're just that corner's dead. Like it's hysterical. So in receptions um, uh, from ten to nineteen yards, this just—I mean, everything you're saying is—you know—he's a big play threat. From ten to nineteen yards, where he was targeted, uh, passer rating of one hundred forty point nine. <laughs> so Arizona State's quarterback, which I can't name off the top of my head, twenty um, fourth in passer rating from ten to nineteen yards. 24th best quarterback when targeting this guy. I mean, wow. what he does for... Uh, I don't know. There's, like, no words. He's special. I, I don't know. Um, He's special. Gosh. So, it's... Yeah. Like, he he makes the quarterback better. Like, he just... There's there's nothing... Like, what he just needs... You just have to get him the ball. Like, any way you can, get him the ball. And, like, he'll do something special with it. It was so impressive to watch him... Uh, like really, really impressive this year. He just he really shined, and it was, like I said, point three eight dominator rating. Like it's it just excellent, excellent stuff. Super fast, super shifty, all kinds of moves. Like he, he just he he's incredible. Like I, I he should be higher on on way more more people's lists. So I cannot wait to see this guy in the NFL. I cannot wait to see him play football in the NFL. Yeah. Um, before we get to number three on your list, Tony Springer asked, "Who do we think the Dolphins take?" And uh, what about the Browns? We're not. This isn't like a, we had. We don't, talked about the Saints because Mitch asked because he's addicted to the Saints. But uh, <laughs> um, we, we'll dive into that real quick. We're going to be doing a draft, probably maybe a draft preview with um, maybe try to get some guests on. I don't know. We haven't talked about it yet. But I think the yep. Dolphins. Uh, if I'm the Dolphins at five and Tua is there, I. I know there's like this saying, I'm running the card up. I'll, I don't know what I'll do, be doing, but it's it's more than running. It's more than sprinting. I mean, I will shoot that damn card out of a rocket launcher right to Roger Goodell's basement. Let him catch it. The, two out of five is just absolutely what you should be doing because you don't really want to rush Tua back. Dolphins aren't in a position to win. So go get Tua, and then at 18, at... 26 i would be you know if there's a top one of those top offensive tackles at 18 you definitely you want to consider that um it maybe even at 26 if josh jones is there take that that veteran leadership on an offensive lineman but you know at 18 if one of these receivers is there um if somehow judy or lamb are there again sprinting the card up if henry ruggs is there Put him and Tua right back together. I mean, you cannot literally draw up anything more perfect than that. So, I if I'm the if I'm the Dolphins, you have so many holes. Get your quarterback, get your receiver, get your tackle. Those are the top three positions in the NFL in positional value. And that's that's exactly what I'm doing. I don't know about John. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not bad at all. Um, the one thing I was gonna say that uh, which kind of throws a little wrench into it, but um, like. The one thing I keep reading a lot about, and I l- let's just go ahead and say it right now, because these rumors, once they get out there, like they start to catch steam, and these this stuff happens. Like the the Dolphins, I keep reading that they're not in love with Tua, and so I really don't think I think the Chargers are going to trade up to get Tua. I think that's the team you're going to see trade up to get Tua on draft day. So uh, we can, you know. I, I guess we're calling it now or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but I think that's the thing you're going to see on draft day is that the Chargers are the ones that go up and get Tua, and the Dolphins, if they stay put at five, could take Herbert there if they want to get a quarterback, obviously, or 
you know, maybe they go uh, tackle there and then they say, you know what, Jordan Love should be there at their next pick. Let's just, you know, we're ahead of the Patriots, so let's make sure we, you know, long as nobody jumps them, obviously, which could happen later. But, I mean, I don't think you want to play games with your franchise quarterback. Like, so maybe you just don't mess with it and you take them early. But it, considering that, you know, like Love ceiling is high, that's for sure. And so if you want to wait and take a chance on him, that wouldn't be the worst strategy in the world. But, of course, if you miss, that's, whoa, 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 know, that's a whoa. big problem. Get that Jordan Love crap out of here. That If, if two is gone, Joe Burrow has gone. That means the best quarterback in the draft is still on the table, baby. Oh, you think Jordan Love is the best? Justin Good for you, man. Good Herbert. For you. I'm glad you came around. Oh, Mr. Justin yeah. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Locks Mr. is Mr. I back. can't find him in a crowd because he's never said a word over a whisper to anybody. I think hey guys, if, if I'm Justin Herbert. If I get jumped, if I'm the Dolphins, I get jumped, Tua gets me. taken. Excuse me. Hey, Justin, I'm can Justin. you shut your mouth? Wait, I just want to call a play. Okay. Hey, you can make fun of him all you want. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Student Athlete of the Year. Absolutely great teammate. Absolutely gorgeous hair. No, but if if Justin Herbert is available at five, I would consider that Mm -hmm. because the Dolphins are in a place where they need to to boom or bust. If Tua is not available at five. Gotcha. Um, They're in a boom or bust situation. Like, you, you take him, he sucks. You're not any worse. If you take him, he yep. turns out to be what he can. There are a lot of very scary stats about Justin Herbert, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he has the he has the arm strength, he has the accuracy, he has the mobility. The problem is, can can the Dolphins the Dolphins are going to need to push him to exactly what they want him to be? He, you can't say go do this, like just go win. You need to say this is what we need. This is how you're going to do it. Let's go execute. And yep. I think he can Lead succeed him. that way. Um lead him tony says herbert's the next carson wentz maybe better i love it i'm a i'm a justin herbert stan hmm. i think the biggest thing is watching him play at oregon is like he needs that like you like we just said he needs leadership he needs to be told what to do not say go win the game because i just don't think he's going to thrive in that situation um if i'm the browns at number 10 i'm taking cd lamb slash Jerry Judy, or I'm getting the hell out of town. Look, taking an offensive tackle, taking a left tackle is the probably safest thing to do, but there are tons and tons and tons of data that say get your offensive line back to average and you will win just as many games if you have the best offensive line in the league. The Steelers, the Cowboys, the Eagles are a bad example because they won the... Super Bowl that year, but they also just happened to have the best defensive line in NFL history, depth-wise, which made it played a huge role. Um, True. But anyway, you can have the best offensive line in the league, not win a damn thing. Cowboys, thank you. You can have a average offensive line slash a little better and win Super Bowls. The Seahawks are the prime example of that. They built their team around Russell Wilson, not very well, but they did. Um, and their their way they thought they've had a terrible offensive line his whole career. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of Dwayne Brown, if he wasn't on there, they'd literally be the worst probably. You don't need the offensive line to be great. First of all, you can't pay more than two offensive linemen is what the data shows. We are paying three currently. I was I'm speaking we. The Browns are currently paying three offensive linemen big money, which is scary. Luckily, Treader's not overly priced. Petonio's not overly priced. 
Mm -hmm. I'm picking 10. I'm getting Carson. I'm getting CD. I've just read Carson Wentz. We're getting CD Lamb. I'm getting mm -hmm. Jerry Judy. Or I'm probably getting out of there. Um, I I just don't see I don't see the value in drafting Andrew Thomas at the left tackle. Um, he's gonna. What about Javon Kinlaw? Whew. We take him. Ooh. I would take Javon yeah. Kinlaw. I would take Javon yeah. Kinlaw at number ten overall. That's another guy. Because I I say this every damn podcast. Tell me if I'm wrong. I love Larry Ogunjobi. I named my damn cat after him. That's like my new saying. That is my saying. I love Larry Ogunjobi. I named my damn cat after him. He's not been good. Andrew Billings, no. one of the better rotational pieces in the NFL defensive tackle. Rotational. Awesome, awesome free agent signing. Um, Sheldon Richardson, a good mm -hmm. defensive tackle. Way overpaid. Yep. Um, if you can get Javon Kinlaw in there, just – he is not Aaron Donald. He'll never be what Aaron Donald is. But you can look at Javon no. Kinlaw and say, he might give me Fletcher Cox. He might give me a disruptor that brings the line with him. Aaron Donald gets through the line. He doesn't bring people with him. He breaks through the line. He gets no. to the quarterback quicker than any defensive tackle will ever see that can do it at his level. Donald's Donald's insane. He's insane. We'll never see it again. Um, no. But if you have Javon Kinlaw, Miles Garrett, and then if the Browns side, Jadavian Clowney, the amount of arm length you have in that front four <laughs> and overall. So if you have those four, first of all, you'd have the best bull rushing defensive attack. You've had the best bull rush I've ever seen. My Lord. Yep. But I think Javal Kinlaw, like having a defensive line, the data doesn't show that that translates to winning yet. But I, I just, you look at the best teams around the league and they all usually have an elite defensive interior lineman. Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, um, Fletcher Cox. These are teams that are winning Super Bowls. DeForest Bunkner. Like, teams that are winning Super Bowls have elite defensive interior linemen. Chris Jones. Yeah. Yeah, from Kansas City. Yep. Mike Fab make Mike. John, this is for you. Mike said that would be great, so he agrees with that. Um, and I know nice. I know that I'm hated a lot for saying the Browns shouldn't take a tackle at ten. I just your windows now. The, the offensive line you have now can protect Baker Mayfield. It can protect Baker Mayfield. You brought in well, a Super Bowl head coach who's now an offensive lineman. It, you're supposed to be able to... the other thing that yeah, go ahead. people are missing, like if you don't take a tackle at 10, you're taking one later. Oh like my they're gosh. not leaving this draft without a tackle. If you take one at so 10, you're taking one at 41. Right, like that's the thing that people... Like if you if Josh Jones slipped to 41, that would be a dream come true. Ridiculous, because like, I'll tell you right now, he's light years ahead of Mekhi Becton, people. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's just not the physical specimen, but yeah, absolutely. Um, Someone then, runs a fast forty, uh, we get my, we get blinded. Ezra Cleveland's the other one too from Boise State, where I just don't like that. That seems like he's like a guy that's good enough. Like he's fine. Yeah, I like, like that. You, I like that. Term. Again, we talked about this with Brendan Leister. Like you have Bill Callahan, that's your offensive line coach. Like let he's if he's the best coach in the league at that position like at that position group, then let him do his job. I'm also going to bring out something crazy because it didn't work out last year. But okay. you have Bill Callahan. You have Drew Forbes, who everyone is very high on. Um, okay. You know, Sports Illustrated wrote a whole article about this project, Prospect X, Drew Forbes, the hidden dime. And let's give John Dorsey credit where credit is due. He's one of the best at finding these just football players – that are off the radar, they're not found by a lot of people. You know, Jannard Avery's one of the biggest, like, 
look, look at what he found. And Jannard Avery was underused yeah. for the Browns. Whatever. Anyway, he found this guy in Drew Forbes. He's best fit as a guard in the NFL because of his arm length. Joel Batonio, if he were left tackle, would be one of the better left tackles in the NFL. He's just that smart of a player. He has every physical tool you could need. He's just, he's there. He's all there. He learned from Joe Thomas how to play offensive line. Slide Batonio out to left tackle. It would take a little bit, but, you know, have him start learning now during this whole quarantine thing. You know, plug in Teller and Forbes at guard. You got Treader at center. You got Conklin at right tackle. So you've got the center position locked in. You've got the tackles locked in. Now you just got to fill in the guard spots. It's easier said than done. I'm just saying these are scenarios that can happen. If your tackle is not there at 10, if you take someone not at 10 that's not a tackle, if you take someone at 10 that's not a tackle, best player available, that's that. That's exactly what you should be doing. At 41, your, your tackle is not there. You feel like you're reaching. Someone crazy dropped. Um, let's just throw out an example. Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney dropped just like Greedy Williams dropped last year because it happens. Yeah. You take that guy at 41. Oh, we didn't take our tackle. The season's over. No. Other things can happen. Other things can happen. I just don't think we need to be locked into getting a – you don't draft for needs. You draft for best player available, and if your need can fit in there, that's that's what you want. You have five, You should have like five to ten players. Like this is the range we want to draft him in. If one of those players is in there, take him. If a couple are in there, debate it out. See what would work best. Figure out not just now the future. What what's that, That's what you need to do. Not just, hey, we need mm-hmm. this tackle right here. Sorry, yep. I like. I just, I just yeah. so feel so strongly about that. Gosh, that's my rant. That's good, man. That's my rant. No, appreciate it, <laughs> everybody. So the listeners, I'm sure, like, if they're asking about what should the Browns do, let's, uh, you know, let's tell them. So yeah, you know, that's be good. But yeah, All right. um, okay. Uh, number three, you ready to talk about Henry Ruggs? Let's talk about the Sean Jackson. Let's do it. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. <laughs> um, Ruggs is 5'11", 188, 42740. So blazing speed, which, yeah, I mean, this it shows up on tape and in games everywhere, man. He is, he is, oof, elite is not the right word. He is unbelievable. Uh, 30 and 4 eighths inch arms. Um, and then uh, no dominator rating for him just because the uh, he's on Alabama and, like, it, it you know, with Judy and uh, Devontae Smith, who Devontae Smith is – He's gonna be real good next year too. Like that kid, whew, he can play too. So they're all but, they're um, they're okay as a group. So Rugs, you know, Rugs is uh, under six foot, under 190 pounds, and that's very for me. That's concerning. Okay, so like he's ranked third on my list and in most people's list because he is the fastest uh, player, and I think at this position, although Rager. It'd be fun to see Rager and Ruggs run a race. That that's for sure. So, but uh, but yeah. And then, but the thing that so I really, admittedly, was trying to find a way to rank him lower, um, because, like, I'm just not in love with tiny, fast guy. Like, especially because, it seems like every year now, like, you know, if you're small and fast, then someone brings up Tyree Kill, and like. I'm sorry, but get the hell out of there with that shit. Like, you can't... Just because the guy's small and fast does not mean he's going to be Tyree Kill. Like, Tyree Kill is special. Like, he does, you know, incredible things that just... That's not every small, fast guy. So, like, it's it's dangerous to, to comp them to 
you know, Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. You just can't, you know, you, you can't you can't make that comparison with every one of these guys. So that's first of all. I have a crazy um, stat I want to add in because you already mentioned okay. his measurables. Hand sizes okay. of the top three wide receiver prospects. C.D. Lamb, nine inches. Jerry Judy, nine and a half inches. Henry yeah. Ruggs, ten and one eighth inch. What the hell? Ooh. And that just Huge. leads right into this stat. Uh, he had a 2.4 drop percentage. One of who's third? Yeah. Michael Pittman with 2.7. And first, John mentioned at the beginning of the wide receiver part, Gandy Golden, the 6'4 monster from Liberty, 2.2%. Wow. But yeah. Those are the top three, the least, uh, the high or least amount of drops in the country. That's unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, well, that makes sense because Ruggs doesn't. Yeah, it, it, I was gonna say he's not. He doesn't have an issue with uh, dropping the ball. That's for sure. Or at least I didn't. You didn't in any of the highlights that I saw. But which is what um, players of his stature, people that come in being a burner, that's yeah. their biggest thing. Can he catch the ball? That's why Henry right. Ruggs has a good chance to break the mold of players under six foot and under 190 pounds who have not succeeded in the NFL so thus far. And like I said, I was looking for a reason to try to get him lower. Like. You know, give me anything, right? Like he's just a little guy. He's just fast. Like that's all he is. So you know, like, give me, let me, let me see one little, you know, one little crack in the armor, and then I'll, I'll, you know, knock him down the list a little bit. But like, he, he's way, he plays. First of all, he plays bigger than he is, and he's way more physical than you'd think for a guy that size. Like, uh, blocking, like, tons of blocking opportunities, and he's like throwing his body into players and stuff like that. Like he he looks for contact. Like he wanted to initiate it. So he does not play like he's 5'11. Like he's the little guy on the field. Like he he's bringing it like he's the big dude. Um and then same thing like with his um with his catch ability. Like so many times where it's a contested catcher, he's got to go up and be the stronger guy, like have stronger hands and he did it a lot. Like that's the thing that really stood out to me. And that was the reason that I couldn't I was like, you know what? I can't lower this guy. Like I, that's important. Like he, he, like I said, he plays bigger than he is, and he goes up and gets it. And like it, you know, there are a couple times when he just rips it away from the defender. Like, you know, he just he's strong. He's physical. Like you know, he's got real strong hands. He plays, um, you know, he just plays like a real kind of mean, uh, you know, rough game. Like he looks, you know, he looks like he wants it more on every play and stuff. So, um, and then the speed like it's it's laughable like there are so many plays where like he'll catch a slant and he's in that sort of triangle like in the middle of the field right so he's got like you got safety up top right you got maybe the other safety here there's a linebacker underneath and he caught it right in the middle of this like triangle right and then he takes three steps and he's by everybody and in you know they're not catching him then he's down the field and it's a touchdown and stuff but like that just that little tiny you know burst that he has from from the the catch point to like those next three steps where all three of those guys were probably like yeah i got the angle on him like i'm gonna you know we're gonna be able to uh close this gap and he just you know he beat it like every time like he it's it's really really impressive uh some guys are fast you know uh on a stopwatch and he is fast you know in both places on a stopwatch and on a field as well so um yeah like i said i was trying to get him i was trying to knock him down the list but um what's it called um i just couldn't i mean like he like i said he's really tough at the catch point and a willing blocker really physical um so he wasn't dominant in college but he played with jerry judy and the Devonte smith so you know that's to be expected um and then this was funny 24 of his 98 career catches were touchdowns 
So like 25% of his catches went for a touchdown, which is remarkable, obviously. But um, that's not even. But yeah, funny. so oh I know. Like, and and the other reason I have him up here, and we started the podcast, the video out this way, was talking about the NFL draft. Like, you know, the draft position where these guys get drafted, it matters. And so he's going to get he he will be drafted in like the top 20, 25 picks. There's not a doubt in my mind. So if not, he'll be like, if even no if one's going to take him, they'll be traded in to get him. He will be gone. Yeah, like. Even if I wanted to knock him down the list, like I said, I was trying to, like I, you, I have to be a better evaluator and be smarter and just look at a look look at this and go, the NFL is going to like this guy. So even if I don't, like it doesn't matter. Like I have to put him high on the list because the NFL is going to put him high on the list. So, you know that really matters. And this was the guy that, you know that's that's really going to matter for. So even if you think he's too little and he's just like a fast guy, like I get it, I get why you think that, but. The NFL is going to prove, you know, is going to tell you that doesn't matter. We still like him. So, you know, we'll see where he goes. But uh, interesting player like uh, the Josh Norris from Roto World was talking about. Let's just get him on Kansas City and have uh, Miko Hardman and Henry Ruggs and um, uh, Tyreek Hill. And just like w- you'd be terrified to have to play against. There'd that be team. no point terrified. of showing up to Kansas City to play. Like the slow guy is like the four three guy. Like the four the three guy. The slow guy is like, McCole oh, Hardman in that group on the field, which is yeah. Ridiculous. Like would you run a four three? What are you? Were you carrying like a baby or something like that? Is that what you run the forty with like a sack of groceries in your arms? Like what are you? you and know, they're all physical wide receivers the too. Guy. They're huh. all three physical. Unbelievable. Alan Breeze just said, "Sounds like he'd be a good Raven. He actually would be a perfect fit with Marquise Brown. Like just if you're going to be fast, be fast. I don't think the Ravens really need." It. I say this a lot. You know Lamar, Lamar Jackson needs big catch radius guys because he's not the most pinpoint accurate quarterback available. But you know what he can do? He, he can hit a wide open target 30 yards down the field. If he went to the Ravens, it would be lights out. Him and Brown, Hollywood, Brown running up and down the – and then add in, um, oh, what's his name? The big dude from Notre Dame. Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin in the red Miles zone. Good lo- nope. If he goes to the Ravens or the Chiefs, yeah. don't show up. Don't show up. Well, I'll tell you what. If – if one of the next two guys goes to the Ravens, oh. I'm going to be very, very sad as a. Browser. If he drops that, if very they sad. drop that far, John, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop this damn show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might be time to retire. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, who you got number two on the list? All right, so number two is Jerry Judy, um, Judge Judy, and this was. Uh, is that the? Oh, we dropped the call. Oh well. Um. All right, I'm trying to get the video back up for the. My phone uh, very well might have died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it might have. Okay, no worries, man. Um, yeah, no, no worries. So, go on with the show. <laughs> kid me. Um. All right, so Judy. A lot of people, you know, Judy's the number one or number two guy. It's either him or CD Lamb, and uh, it, it's you know, it's not hard to see why. Um, like. Well, first of all, Judy six one one ninety three had a ran a four four five forty, thirty two and one eighth inch arms, and had a point point two three dominator uh, last year and point two four for his career. So, um, again, playing with a lot of talent at Alabama, that's not you know to be that's not unexpected to have a lower dominator rating. Um, so, uh, Judy is the best route running prospect uh, ever. Um, like there, it it really is remarkable. Like 
there's nothing for, so getting off the like y you can't you can't press him because if you come up like you're dead like he can swat hands away he can you know his his releases are perfect like um he can set you up on the release like he can dead leg it and then go real fast like uh you know he does the rocker step where you go like you know one two three and then you you know uh you know shoot out this way like um but yeah like it, it's just it's incredible what he does um and so like they're just the um the route running stuff is incredible like you, i've just i've never seen anything like it i don't think most people have um there have, there have been a few like calvin ridley was one of those uh and oddly enough alabama as well but he was one of those prospects who um they talked about him being a really good route runner well Calvin really was 24 when he came uh, out of Alabama and he got to the NFL. And so, like, if you are not a good route runner by the time you're 24 years old in college, like, you, yeah, you better be a good route runner. Like, that, you're 24 years old. Like, Jerry Judy is 20 years old. So, like, he, and he just turned uh, in January. So he's, like, not even about to turn 21. He is super young and already this good of a route runner. So, um, like, getting off the ball like i said his his uh like uh his juke his shiftiness like his you know the way he's so elusive and fast like and after the uh after the catch too like when um you know after he gets the ball in his hands like his ability to juke people it it's unbelievable he's really shifty and really hard to tackle so um not like a power guy or anything like that but like it's it's hard to get you know one hand on him so he can break a lot of tackles that way or just you know, be the guy that you can't even really hit. So that's how he, you know, breaks a tackle because you can't even get to him in the first place. Um, acceleration is, you know, really, really good. Like I think Rager is a little better. Uh, or no, I think Brandon Ayuk is a little better for acceleration, but Judy's right there. Um, the And then <clears throat> what's called stacking a cornerback. So Judy's excellent at this. Um, like once you get off, if a, if a corner's playing press, like right in your face, and once you get off, um, and like, hold on, let me mute that. Hmm. Okay. So once you get off the line and if you're running, let's say a go route, like, so you've got him right in your face. Okay. And here's the receiver, here's the corner. Okay. And you do your release and you get up the field. And now once you get on top of him and you're running a go, so you're running up the field and he's chasing you. Okay. What you want to do is you want to get like right in front of him so that he is directly behind you. Like the only way he's getting to the ball is if he goes through you. And that's a penalty, obviously. Like Judy can stack like he does it over and over and over again. It's so impressive the way he like he knows exactly what to do with his body, like where to put himself to be in the right position, like to, to make you play like terrible, poor position as a corner. Um, it, it's it's really, really, really impressive. He's number two for me because, um, like, he's not huge, right? 6'1", 193. Uh, he doesn't look really big on tape either, obviously. Um, and, like, you know, uh, he is what he is. I just don't think he's ever going to be, like, a dominant, like, number one guy. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't play like a like a DeAndre Hopkins or a Julio Jones or anything like that. And those guys are bigger, obviously. But, but that's part of it, too. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's a smaller guy that kind of plays small. Um, you know, he'll, if he's a slot receiver, he'll be one of the best in the league. Like I said, he can, um, like the thing that's going to separate him is that while everybody else in this class is learning how to do all this fundamental stuff, he already knows how to do it. And so he will be able to separate at the next level 
like almost nobody else in this class will be able to because he has the skill set that is out of this world to do so. So that's what separates him from everybody else. I just don't think he's like the, you know, like he has the highest ceiling. Let's put it that way. I think his floor is super, super high. There's no way he can bust. No way. Like he's just, he's incredible at what he does. And that kind of skill set is like, if you can do that, there's, you can get open versus anybody in the NFL because you like, he can shake, he can move. Like it's, it's really, really incredible. So that's the reason I have him uh, obviously so high, but he's not number one because I just don't think he's ever going to be like the dominant guy like I think C.D. Lamb can be. So that's all. Yeah, let's get to my, let's get to my boy C.D. Lamb. All right, man. Number one, C.D. Lamb, uh, six six two one ninety eight four five forty thirty two and two eighths inch arms, a point three nine dominator rating, forty percent at Oklahoma. I mean. Shh unbelievable so also 20 years old and again also just turned like recently so super super young uh he forced 26 missed tackles uh last year um 11 11 yards per reception after the catch after the catch okay 19 yards per catch for his career which is insane like that's unbelievable almost 20 yards a catch it's that's incredible um so where he isn't like the technician that Judy is, obviously, like they're, they're, uh, Lamb is an inch taller and five pounds heavier. But if you see them on tape, Lamb looks like he is like six three, and Judy looks like a six foot guy. Like they look so so different. It's unbelievable. It fooled me over and over again. When every time you see Judy, I'm like, God, he looks so little, and Lamb just looks so big. Like he's he's thin, but. He doesn't play like a small guy at all. Not that he is, but he definitely doesn't play like I it. Think if- He's super physical. Um, the like his blocking is really good, and he's like there are a number of times where he would like set up a like a, have a cool release where he like you know kind of looks like he's gonna make a move, and then all of a sudden he just bursts forward and shoves the corner like just puts him on his ass like um, really really cool and willing too. Like he really like he likes blocking. You can see it on tape. Like he can't wait to get up and. And just like lay somebody out and like so the physical part of the game is not a problem for him um and then like he, you know he'll go over the middle like this dude like he doesn't care he he just he you know all the, like the, the 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 grinded out tough stuff that receivers sometimes don't want to do because they're kind of diva ish like this is not that guy like this guy will do it he, so he plays exactly like deandre hopkins and which yes he oh does. my gosh yes. if he had dreadlocks yeah. they, they're about the same build too um yeah, they're pretty close. You know, with DeAndre Hopkins, I think the most impressive thing watching him, and it's and if the Texans are on TV, it's impossible not to watch them because yeah, it's going to be very possible to not watch them now. I hope like hell Deshaun Watson gets out of there. Um, but it's impossible not to watch because Deshaun Watson was so electric, and DeAndre Hopkins is very Michael Thomas-esque in that he just knows where to be. Kyler Murray's going to thrive from that trade. Um but DeAndre Hopkins, okay. the best thing about him would be scrambling around, can't find anything. F- 10 to 20 yards down the field, DeAndre Hopkins, middle of the field, goes up, two receivers pinch him, he gets hit, he makes the catch, doesn't matter. That's the type of player C.D. Lamb is. He doesn't give a damn. Yep. If he's going to get hit, he's going to make the catch, and he's willing to put his body on the line. Yep. Um, the, the two things with him that really stand out are, uh, first of all, his tackle breaking like it's incredible it's huge like there's so many times when he looks like he is just about to um 
you know, like there, there's three guys around him and he busts out somehow. Like he, you know, um, the, the, uh, the there's the two touchdowns. So he scored three touchdowns against Texas last year. The the second two, the first one was on a flea flicker where he caught it and then he's like surrounded by four or five guys and he like bounces off one of them and then goes to the outside and just beats the corner like to the end zone when the guy had like the guy had him dead to rights. And then the third touchdown, it's like, you know, Jalen Hurts threw it kind of late to him, like on a sort of like a, a little lazy out. And again, there's a guy like draped on. It looks like he's giving him a headlock. It looks like a WWE play. Um, People are watching and then the play right now. Gets out of that and tight ropes the sidelines. Like he, it's just incredible. Like his tackle breaking. It's, the flea flicker the best just played. In the class. That's yeah. It's he's the best in the class. It's unbelievable. He's so hard to get on the ground. And the other thing is. Um, the like his ability to catch the ball in out of structure, like tipped balls or you know one foot, you know a toe tap in the sidelines, like just stuff that you know that's the kind of stuff that separates you know receivers in the NFL. Like the guys that are really, really, really good are the ones that can do that kind of stuff, and he's already doing it in college. And so like his his size, his athleticism, his physicality, all that like. He can be a number one receiver uh, for you know whatever team he lands on. Like if it's Oakland, if it's you know uh, God Philly, I, I can't believe it would be. Well, I guess it could be that high, but um, but yeah, like he he can definitely be a number one receiver for whatever team he lands on. And uh, and frankly, I'll be shocked if he isn't. Like he's already this good. He's twenty years old. Um, yeah, he's number one. And uh, just I mean, again, I like Judy a lot. I get it. I and he's really good at what he does, but. I just don't. I don't think he. I don't think he has Lamb's ceiling. Like Lamb is, you know, uh, Judy might have the higher floor, but Lamb has the way higher ceiling. And I cannot. I cannot wait to see this guy. Uh, you know, in an NFL uniform, going to be a lot of fun. I. I do hope. I. I know it's a luxury pick, but my God, it would be so much fun to see him in a Browns uniform. It wouldn't even be. Uh, what would you do? You, I would jump up and down. No, I'm saying as a like defense. So you, you prepare, oh, I, yeah, you're going to run a cover three zone most likely. Up. That's your best chance. Uh, so then Nick Chubb's going against, you know, six-on-six six situation yeah. each time. Nada. Nada. Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper. I mean, what a, you know, Jarvis, OBJ. Like, David yeah, Njoku, unbelievable. more of a weapon than people remember or want yeah. to think of. Just, he's just young. We're not giving up on him yet. No. Um, Despite what Julia thinks. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Mike said the Ravens don't need shit. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the Ravens are not participating in this draft. They are totally fine. Um, Look like they could have used a couple things against Tennessee last year. I think they might have. I think he more know, or less said, hey, we don't want to see that. <laughs> oh, uh, we definitely don't want to see them have anything good. Yeah, I'd prefer they uh, reach on a bunch of stuff and have, draft a couple of draft busts, that's for sure. But Doubtful. Uh, I'm sure they'll come up with a solid draft like they do every damn year. You know, so. I've come around on Jalen Hurts more. I'm going to say this now. I think Jalen Hurts has a real chance to be a quarterback in the NFL. I, I think there is a real so, chance. That's funny because when – so I was higher on him in the quarterback when we did the quarterback podcast. And then watching the CD Lamb tape, like – there are so many, and I know that a lot of those runs are designed because, uh, you know, of who he is and what he can do with his feet. But watching, the, like, you're watching a whole game of CeeDee Lamb, and you're like, 
Okay, drops back. Uh, okay, Jalen. Oh, Jalen ran it. Okay, all right. Let's second down. Okay, drop. Okay, drops back. Okay, uh, just throw it to. Okay, Jalen. Okay, Jalen okay, ran again. All right. Okay, so that's a run. First down. Okay, Jalen. Jalen ran again. Okay, my God. And it's like God, just throw it to CD Lamb. Like, just give him a chance, man. Like, he. It doesn't matter if he's not open. Like, he's gonna go up and get it. So just give him a chance. Yeah, he's gonna have but, to go to a place that will structure around him like Lamar Jackson because you know Jalen Hurts would. Oh, People right. don't like to hear this. Lamar Jackson's a run first. If you're going to say, what would you rather go against? Lamar Jackson's arms, Lamar Jackson's legs. You'll say, give me his arms. Make make him beat you through the air. That's what you'd have to do with Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson's out right. of this world compared to Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts has the strength. He has the... I, I don't want to say IQ. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's not football smart. But Jalen Hurts you know, is regarded by Nick Saban as one of the smartest players he's ever been around. That's... Alabama, well, Louisville, like, and he was successful at two different, you know, colleges with complex and very different offenses. Very so different. To, he played in a pro to be style. Good at Alabama, yeah. and then have to go learn, you know, what's it called, Lincoln Riley good stuff. God. Like that's not easy. And he did a great you're job. Going, so yeah, that's you're going from Bill Belichick to Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL. Like absolutely right. two different. Right. You're going nineties to. It's so crazy, and he excelled yep. at both, and he's a great teammate. I, I I think there's a chance if he can. I heard a buzz today that the Patriots are looking at him at the end of round one. That's the kind of place where you could go and succeed. Bill Belichick would form around his quarterback. I still want to see Cam Newton or Andy Dalton in New England, to be honest. But Cam Newton. Gosh, yep. man. He's going to he's yep. gonna fit any quarterback he wants. Uh, Bill Belichick's good enough. He'll, he'll change. He won't make people change for yep. him. That's what makes him great. Yeah, like the, Hurt, the Jalen Hurts, uh, the prop for him in the draft over-under is 69. Like – under are you kidding yeah. me oh my god like he's gonna go way before 69 way before 69 like every year do we do you guys not watch the draft like you know daniel jones went sixth and josh allen went you know seventh or eighth whatever that was like did guys go higher than we I think still don't know how drew lock dropped to the, the the broncos so low like that was just yeah i don't know he just you know, there were just more questions about him and stuff like that. Yeah. But by the way, I mean, in, um, last podcast yeah. we couldn't think of the name of the Buckeyes lineman taken by the Broncos. It just popped in my head. I didn't even think to look at it. But Draymond Jones. Oh. Don't know why oh. that slipped our mind. Nice. Number eighty-eight. Good job. Stupid offensive defensive lineman name. But anyway, <laughs> it's a good episode. It was a long one. If you're still watching live, thank you so much for tuning in. It's like so nice yeah, to get really. input during the thing. See what you guys want to hear. Um, if you're listening, yep. Uh, sorry for when we do the visual cues or you know any of that, but we thank you guys too. We are so excited. At least I am. I think John is for this draft. Doing the live draft. It's like what we've been wanting to do for so long. Can't wait. I'm can't excited. wait i mean this and and this was uh you know getting ready for this uh you know this video today like with this receiver class like i mean first of all knowing it was the last uh position group that we had to get over you know um receivers and tight ends look at that dog that dog's oh that dog's awesome man um but yeah like knowing it was our last one and now the only thing that's left is the draft like that was so exciting this receiver class is so exciting like it's just it's uh it was so much fun it was incredible um i like i said i really had a hard time ranking these guys it was really impossible like there's so many uh, there, there's a lot a lot of really good guys in this class it's going to be a lot of fun to see them and uh yeah really cool but um i can't wait for the draft yeah so um you know we're gonna 
it's going to be the same setup. Uh, we're going to be, you know, doing this live, um, you know, announcing the picks as they happen. So, you know, we'll have the, the broadcast on ESPN, NFL Network, obviously. So, you know, you can, uh, if you tune into us, like you're just, you know, you'll be able to watch everything, but then you're going to hear, you know, our, um, you know, us, you know, announce the picks as they happen, our thoughts on everything that's going on, Which uh, the, trades, the picks, picks. The picks will like actually that. probably be faster because John John has a little end to get the picks a little bit quicker than ESPN does. We'll just say that. Every year. So it's a lot of fun. I, I'm guaranteeing you if you watch us live, we will be faster than ESPN with announcing the picks. Yeah, you'll know right before the right before the player's uh, name gets called. So our um, sure. our video production crew, me, might be a little bit slower than <laughs> ESPN's. Um, I don't know. Maybe my brother will produce that episode. But uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna Can't have wait. some stuff we pull out that we've never done before. We'll have stuff for you guys during commercial break that I think will be pretty neat and. Uh, Yep. Yeah, you'll get the unbiased. I, I mean, I'm I'm not comparing us to Mel Kiper, but I saw a stat today that out of like the pro evaluators, Mel Kiper's finished last in like draft predictions the past few years. Which predicting is a hard game, but also like oh, yeah, it is. I mean, has he fallen off his horse a little bit? Just kind of riding the high, like not working as hard, maybe. I would say mm. I, I think that this during this process, John has watched more film than Mel Kiper probably has. I am I know that's a bold take. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Kiper sits there and watches every game. I don't think Kiper sits there and writes up all his articles. I would bet my life on it that Kiper has an assistant do that for him or an intern or something along the lines of that. I'm making this bold proclamation for John. By the way, I'm just here to be Trey. Yes, I'm just here are. to be Trey Wingo. That's all I want. That's all I'm gonna do. Oh. I'm gonna give Actually, it a... that's a good comp for you. You are good. You you are like Trey Wingo. That's pretty solid, man. That's pretty. You don't yell as much as he does for no apparent reason. Like he's, I feel like he's always screaming at you. Oh, sure whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is Trey like, mad at me? What did I do? Like that's that's my always. goal. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. You know, making sense. I don't want to be um, telling you how these guys are gonna fit in a scheme. I'm just gonna tell you mm-hmm. the interesting life stuff about them. Yep. Love it. I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, everybody that watched live tonight, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for commenting. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for, you know, the chatter, everything. All of it was awesome. Appreciate it. Um, If you're listening to it on the podcast uh, or watching it later on YouTube, um, thank you. Thank you very much. Like, we really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Obviously, if nobody watched or listened, you know, we wouldn't be doing that. Well, actually, I probably still would be doing this. I just, like, at home by myself, like, just talking about these prospects that's for sure but but my crazy insanities aside uh thank you very much for doing this uh and watching and listening because uh it's a lot of fun i like doing it and uh you know i like i like doing these videos with you chandler it's been a lot of fun so far and i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to the draft man can't wait only gonna get better from here this is gonna help out our fantasy episodes a lot um oh yeah and i i said no this is the last thing i'll say then we'll send it off um the episodes are going to get bearable length again. We're not going to be a movie. We're not going to be a movie with commercials every every week. These these prospect ones are hard because you need to talk about a lot of guys. But when we get back to fantasy, it's going to be back to an hour yep. and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Most. Yeah, at most. Yeah. But anyway, sure. thank you all. Yep. Have a good night. Be safe. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yes. Enjoy the warm weather. Be safe out ahead. there. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Be safe.
This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports. Unique sports coverage.